0: Good evening. Uh, we uh, did not, which is unusual, we did not have an executive session before this. So we are not coming out of executive session right now. We are simply calling this to order the uh, regular session of the school, Medfield School Committee meeting. It is uh, June 8th. And um, I'm going to begin this with a roll call. Leah Brown? Here. Tim Knight? Here. Anna May O'Shea Brooke? Here. Michelle Kirkby here and Jessica Riley here. I want to let you know that this meeting is being recorded and will be posted to the Medfield YouTube channel, Medfield TV YouTube channel, after the meeting. All right. So I do uh, want to call for public input at this point. Citizens at this time may address the committee on items of school business not on this evening's agenda. The committee will take such items under advisement without action or discussion at this time at the meeting at which the item is presented. All comments will be taken in person and limited to three minutes. Please state your name and address for the public record. Do I have anybody who would like to do public comment tonight? No? Okay. So the next item on the agenda is to approve and retain the Executive Session Minutes for April 14th, 2022, May 2nd, 2022, and May 19th, 2022. Do I hear a motion to approve?
1: So moved, Tim.
0: Tim Knight, so moved, and do I hear a second? Second. Second, Anna May. All right, all in favor say aye. Aye. And aye, and the motion passes unanimously. Okay, now, do I hear a motion to approve the regular meeting minutes for May 19,
1: 2022? So move, Tim.
0: Tim, and second? second. <laughs> and all in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay, and the motion passes unanimously. All right, so now we're gonna get to what we really wanna get to tonight, which is the 2022 retiree recognition. Dr. Morrison, if you'd like to <clears throat> take the podium.
2: Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. This is always kind of a bittersweet meeting when we have this because we really want to honor um, the folks that are retiring, and we're sad to see them go, but we're happy for their, their new life that they have in the retirement world. And so um, I'm going to just each ask each one of them to come up. I'll say a few things about them, and I'll read the plaque, um, and then they can certainly leave after after their. Or, <laughs> or,
3: or, or you can stay for one more glorious meeting.
2: Um, so the way of golf is the first teacher I'd like to recognize. Um, Luann has had uh, 23 years of service as a high school math teacher. Um, In addition to being an outstanding teacher, I know that Luann has a a strong reputation of making connections with kids and strong connections with kids and establishing a real safe environment for kids to do math. And I think that's a real important thing at that age. And I know that whenever I visit her classroom, kids are super engaged and always having a good time. And what are you calling the book?
3: Cherubini Cherubini.
2: I knew it was something like that. So it's, it's, I'm happy for you, Liland, but we're also sad to see you go. This says retirement award presented to Liland golf for 23 years of dedicated service to the children and community of Medfield Public Schools, with deep appreciation. Of the Medfield School Committee on June 2022.
4: Congratulations! By the way, 204 years
2: combined of our retirees' of service to Medfield. Um, Nancy Giamarco is our next. Um, Nancy Giamarco has had 13 years of service as a special education team leader. Um, Nancy has had the very difficult job of working in three elementary schools and making sure that all of our kids that need additional services get them. And she's worked with a countless number of families and students and has really made a difference in a lot of kids' lives by doing that. So, congratulations, Nancy. <clears throat> Nancy Giammarco, for 13 years of dedicated service to the children and the community of Medfield Public Schools with deep appreciation of the Medfield School Committee, June
4: 2022. Congratulations. <laughs> Seth is next. Seth, Seth is a
2: uh, 23-year veteran of the Medfield Public Schools as a middle school English teacher. Um, he is known as an outstanding teacher in English, especially in writing, doing things like a lot of conferences and one-on-one work with kids. He also connects with kids outside the classroom as a coach. Um, and even though he is a Lakers fan, we, we think that it's going to be a great retirement for him. So, Seth, congratulations for 23 years. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, for 23 years of dedicated service to the children of the community of Bentfield Public Schools, with deep appreciation of the Field School Committee, June 21. Right. <laughs> carol, carol is um at 20 years of service the Memphis memorial school kindergarten teacher assistant and i think whenever you see carol in her element she always has a smile on her face and that element is in a kindergarten classroom she always um, does a great job with the kids and um, recently she's taken on a leadership role within the unit b has done a great job with that, so we spent a little bit more time yes, together, know, don't we, yes. uh, going through that, but I just want to wish her the best. She was um, working our kindergarten when we transitioned from just having a, a half-day program to a full-day program. So congratulations, Carol, on your retirement, 20 years of dedicated service to the children and community of Medfield Public Schools with deep appreciation, Medfield School Committee. Congratulations. Laura Singer is next. So when I think of Laura, I think of um, 32 years of service to the district as a reading specialist, and I think of how many kids that she's helped with a love of reading on those 32 years. Kids that at Memorial School, and they're just learning to read, they're just emerging readers, and I know that Laura has helped so many of them. So but 32 years of dedicated service to the Children and Community of Medfield with deep appreciation Medfield School Committee, congratulations. And last but not least, sporting his best Hawaiian gear tonight, uh, Thomas Quayle, Tom. Tom has been our in our district maintenance department for 24 years. Um, I think of Tom a lot when it snows because Tom is one of those guys that works all night and gets us into school on time. Whenever we're all sleeping and we're wondering if we're going to have school, Tom is the guy that's been plowing and doing all that work. He's had a lot of dedication, a lot of different uh, um, opportunities to to help out the district, and he is a well deserve retirement. Congratulations. Thank you. So we have uh, three other folks that are retiring that did not, were not able to make it tonight. Uh, Maria Hussock, which who is our athletic trainer for 15 years of service. Ross Irwin is a high school math teacher for 30 years of service, and Heidi Opal for 24 years of service as a Memorial Grade One teaching assistant. So congratulations to them as well. We wish them the best in their retirement. Thank you.
3: We take a picture. We, we do. Price. We have to take a picture.
2: like <laughs> we want to take it? Yeah,
3: you, yeah.
4: Please? All right. All right, we take a picture.
3: Well, we're taking a picture. Yeah, we take pictures. This is what we do. Oh,
5: I thought it was just you guys. just a chair. Oh, is it just yeah. me? Yeah, 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 I thought so. Oh, yeah. man, I really hope yeah. have some
0: cover. <laughs> yeah. right. one I wore my short shoes, my like behind the.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I Yay. Still have a long Thank you very oh, much.
6: Yeah. Thank
0: you. Carol, how long were <laughs> you, Carol?
6: How long were you with Gator? Uh, nine years. Thank you. Gator with them. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know how the kindergarten they have? Little
0: animals. We were a bee. Yeah. I think we were bees. We Oh, right. Retired. I'm pretty much watching all of my children's <laughs> yeah. teachers retire and i'm trying not to take that
3: person.
0: <laughs>
3: it's when they retire right after it's right, right yeah right. Thing, <laughs> right. <laughs> all right
0: so the next uh item on our agenda is a senior project from uh report from louisa and dia uh louise brooke and dia um however we're going to have them come next week uh, to that next meeting um, so that we have uh time i think they are off on their senior adventures this week and i do not blame them um so at this point uh we do have end of year updates but i have been informed that our uh, pto person may not be here for about another 20 minutes or so which means that uh, do I have the MCPE person? Yes. Please come up. All right. So it's not uh, Dr. A busy parking. Uh, we sure it is No. They <laughs> were it's all coming to see you. To see you. I, I was a little bit nervous. They're yeah, coming to see like the two good, Lizards. Right. right. <laughs> Dr. Marson, would you like to introduce? Sure. Mr. So here? Our,
2: our new co-presidents uh, for MCPE, um, Liz Brothers and Liz Winkter, congratulations. I
0: think we've we've been there it's good it's good
3: good. all right
5: shall we start um so dear members of the school committee and members of the public thank you for giving us the opportunity to speak with you tonight we are Liz Brothers and Liz Witcher and we'll be serving as co-presidents of the Metro Coalition for Public Education for this upcoming year our all-volunteer board consists of individuals with a variety of interests backgrounds and skill sets we raise money through a series of community-based events uh, and activities and then we give that money back uh, to schools uh, through grants requested by teachers staff and administrators we have funded a wide range of programs and initiatives such as public speakers curriculum tools digital innovations and facility enhancements among others we pay particular attention to academic needs that exceed the parameters of the school budget We don't come up with the ideas, the grant applicants do uh, with the support of the school administrators. We just make those
7: grants a reality so long as they meet our mission, which is essentially to support innovative programs and curriculum uh, enrichment. Um, So our goal this year was to try to return to normal programming to the extent that we could. Um, So after a year of mostly holding virtual events, and for the most part, we were successful, Um, but reflecting that much like our schools and students, we really wanted to get ready to embrace that return to normal. Uh, we were very eager to support our schools and get back in. Uh, so we kicked off our year at Medfield
5: Day with our MCPE booth. Uh, this year, Medfield Day was really a special experience uh, as it was one of the first celebrations that Medfield residents experienced after the social distancing for many months. Our first fundraiser this year uh, was Fallfest at the German-American Club in Walpole, which was very attended and actually sold out. At the beginning of December, we held a virtual wreath-making class in recognition um, that some members of our community might not be um, so ready to uh, uh, be uh, back in large crowds. And in March, uh, we held our 15th annual spelling bee, which brought together 383 spellers in teams from Wheelock and Dale. And this was really an exciting event because at this point, only the fifth graders had an opportunity to participate. This was brand new to the um, to the younger kiddos. Um, this event really could not have been successful without the help of so many teachers, administrators, and community members who volunteered their time. And finally, we closed out the year with our Blue Ribbon campaign, which allowed families to recognize teachers, staff, and administrators who made a difference in their students' lives this year. Over 75 educators and staff were nominated and honored at, uh, on social media and at MCP's annual
7: meeting awesome so as we said mcpe's purpose is to fundraise and fund grants that bring unique innovative and enriching ideas to our school um, and this year thanks to the efforts of our community our corporate sponsors our grant applicants and most importantly our educators uh, we raised over sixty thousand dollars and awarded over forty thousand dollars in grants across our district this year's grants enhance
5: the education of students in pre-k through 12th classrooms During uh, this school year, the MCP board made the decision to include our pre-K classrooms as part of our grant funding. Many of our grants were built upon previous initiatives with the end goal of moving onward. We funded a science field trip to study local ecology for our middle schoolers. A visiting science and engineering team taught our Dale Street students. Our teachers at Blake continued their math training. Uh, This professional training began a few years ago, and our teachers were ready to take on phase two of this learning in 2022. And uh, the perennial third grade day at Rocky Woods was granted new supplies so that our students can consul- continue to celebrate their learning in this most
7: memorable ways. Um, so we also funded a few grants that helped our pandemic learners have an opportunity to get their wiggles out now that they're back in the building. Um, Wheelock will have a sensory path in their hallways. We had an awesome hip-hop assembly at Dale that infused diversity in the arts. Every classroom at Wheelock next year will have sensory tools to promote regulation, improve focus, and increase participation. Um, the bathrooms at Lake were updated with sanitary dispensers that promote positive body image and hygiene, as well as new water bottle dispensers. So we are excited, and we are looking forward to
5: next year when we will strive to continue to do what we do best: raise money and grant money in support of our schools. We're really excited for our events ahead of us. And in particular, we'd like
7: uh to ask
5: everyone in this room to state the date for the fall ball in November 5th.
7: <laughs> so lastly, on the behalf of the entire MCPE board, we want to thank um obviously all of you, but also the teachers, administrators, staff, corporate sponsors, and this community for allowing us to continue our mission. Thank you.
3: Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank
7: you. <laughs> Uh, so
0: much of medfield and kind of school culture runs around these events that you that the mcp puts on and uh, to be able to see kids do the spelling bee this year and and you know fall fest but also last year when you were working so hard to keep your your presence in the schools I know even in the best of times, and I know Anna has been on the MCP as well. Even in the best of times, MCPE is a tough job and it feels like it's full time. And the first year is really hard and then it gets a little bit better after that, um, unless you're co presidents. And then God love you. Um, but I do want to thank you so much. And I understand how much difference 18, what is it 18 at this point? People truly make in the life of all of our schools and make us the people who do have these innovative programs that do allow us to be able to teach our kids in the way we want to so thank you i think i can thank say you. That.
3: Thank, thank you
0: thank you Right. so i know that Nicole is probably not going to be here until 7 30. so she uh we can either advance for her or we can um we can start with the hospital what do you think? Should we move on to the hospital, or should we go through some of this uh, kind of about the hospital, so. boring? <laughs> uh, what do you think? I
6: don't know.
0: She's not going to be here until seven thirty. That's ten minutes. We I think we should go NHS. into. Um, I think we should go into the hospital discussion because obviously yeah. it's, it's enormously important. So, uh, with that, um, if I could have uh, members of the state hospital redevelopment committee. Um, kind of a podium or however you want to do this. And Dr. Marson, if you would like to kind of introduce what's going on here, uh, we asked the hospital redevelopment to come in um, and they also brought members of uh, Trinity and uh, supporting your um, uh, consultants to, um, to kind of talk to us about what is happening with the state hospital, what the proposal is that the town will be voting on on June 21st at a special town meeting, and uh, generally, numbers and impact on the school as well as numbers and impact on the town. So, um, with that, shall I hand you the floor? or Would you like to? No,
4: you said it. I said <laughs> <I'm> it. <fine. laughs> all right. <laughs> so I can do maybe a couple of minutes. Please.
0: Do you have a, a presentation slides or anything? Uh,
4: Trinity has a presentation. Okay. Are we able to get that? Yeah, I'm just working on getting them all here right now. All right.
3: Thank
4: you, Todd. I'm just going to spend a few minutes but I guess I, I don't know <laughs> How much time does each presentation maybe? So I uh, just want to first say thank you for including us on your agenda here tonight. I'm Todd Trebanco. I'm chair of the Bedfield State Hospital Development Committee. And I'm joined by one of my colleagues on uh, the Development Committee here tonight, Johnny Martinez. And we also uh, have with us Jim Key, one of the founders of Trinity Financial. Uh, Alberta, the financial and the fiscal impact advisor part the chair. so uh, just probably to hit the high points and then we can talk in as much detail as you would like as a development committee we've been working on the state hospital redevelopment for about four years our committee was formed by the select after the five years of master planning to go and see in so sort of the realities of the real estate world that the town's master plan could be it was viable and it was feasible, so it's really been focused on implementation and and potentially execution and so a key part of that was to issue a formal request for proposals that is required in the state's procedures whenever a town is disposing or selling a leasing municipal property so Todd, can you tell us when that happened
0: uh, the rfp just so that people the RFP watch
4: was, was issued in april of 2021 okay so, you know, prior to that, we had done some outreach to developers, uh, non binding information gathering. And one of the big takeaways from that was the then current zoning of the hospital, which was business industrial was a big wild card that the town was trying to uh, <clears throat> pursue residential development, uh, to the extent that the zoning could be adjusted, or changed in accordance with the master plan prior to formal proposals that would be beneficial. So in 2019, we there's a special town meeting to vote on the zoning change, which passed by the required insurance margin. And that was really the event that uh, then encouraged the selectmen to charge us with issuing a request for proposals.
0: And I just want to clarify that the master plan he's talking about is the state hospital Master plan, master plan not the town-wide master plan that was taking place at approximately right. the same time so there's a lot of master plans a lot of planning working on action
4: right um, and so we you know we we did some uh, you know some long, uh, technical studies around before we went to rfp we looked at water capacity uh, things of that nature we looked at the environmental condition of buildings, and uh eventually, and we could bring out some technical assistance because of the requirements of the state and some legal assistance to issue an RFP that was in accordance with all the requirements. So that was issued in April of 2021. It was amended a few times in response to questions and answers from developers. We had a sidewalk, um, you know, prior to the deadline, and we eventually established a deadline of August 2nd of 2021 to receive bids. So, you know, I think I, I do want to mention, you know, you never know what you're going to get, right? When you go through a process like this. So we had a formal marketing plan that you know went out to uh, just from the, the states list that we worked on together. Uh, you know, fifty divided. i not exact number in front of me, but it was widely distributed. The town had gathered its own list over many, many years of people expressing interest in this property. So the RFP was made available to that list. The opportunity was advertised in the Central Register and in the Bedfield Press. And we were getting lots of phone calls and we were being contacted by lots of people, not just developers, but specialty law firms, architects, environmental firms saying, you know, we're really interested in this, are there teaming opportunities? to you, you know, let us know if there are developers contacting you that might be looking for teaming partners? So there was a there was a great deal of interest. And when we did our site walk in May, we had 20 something people, you know, representatives of at least 10 development groups um, walking the site and and gathering more information. We're not just for logistical reasons, allowing access into the buildings and really on the same line of thinking, you know, as a development committee, we didn't think it was appropriate to uh, allow developers and their consultants, et cetera, to be contacting, Police chief, fire chief, school committee—just in terms of respecting people's time. We felt until we select somebody, we don't really want uh, a lot of inquiry, you know, directly of you know town boards and committees, uh, because you know until we selected somebody, we didn't select somebody. It really was kind of secondary. And people are busy. So I know you know Mark in particular stood out for wanting to talk to everybody uh, prior to the bid deadline, and we, basically said we're not we're not okay with that so despite the feeling like to you it's coming in late but that's uh, that was an executive decision by the development committee to not have you be inundated with requests and questions from groups who in the end you know maybe weren't going to even submit but i want to be selected for the opportunity So. um, you know, we ended up receiving just two proposals, which surprised us. We were obviously hoping for more. One of those proposals had several different variations. Um, Trinity's proposal was you know, quite consistent with the town's master plan and site, historic preservation, open space, uh number of apartment units that was consistent with what the master planning uh, committee had, had identified as desirable for the town. Uh, the other proposal that we received. Called for demolition, you know, scraping the site, 600 to 700 apartments. and you know going through our formal rating process as a development committee, uh, which also involved the historical Commission uh, CAM, because of their presence up there. Uh, you know we, we chose not to pursue the proposal to focus on Trinity as being the most responsive proposal that we received. So we ultimately recommended that to the selectmen and the selectmen in November. As they made a trinity's proposal as the most advantageous that then kicked off a period of negotiating a preliminary agreement, a formal legal agreement that would allow site access, access into all the buildings. To allow their team to gather more important information about the condition of the buildings, measurements of the buildings, and also to then finally say to mark it's okay for you to you know, <laughs> start start talking to everybody in town. So uh, you know it's been a very busy couple of months. Trinity has been sharing all of their reports with us. We've commissioned some of our own reports, peer review of their reports. We've had some conversations with Dr. Morrison and Chair O'Reilly about their work. And just today actually uh, posted our peer review study, which we we haven't accepted uh, as a development committee, but just in the interest of time, felt it was appropriate to share and let people review and comment. So I would just say you know, from the development committee perspective, our goal here tonight is to make sure that you know we're hearing from the school committee. We've had some you know, some terrific early conversations with some members and the superintendent, but we want to make sure we're, you know, we're doing our best to understand your questions and comments about the proposal and getting you answers that you need leading up to the special town meeting, which has been scheduled by the town after June 21st. So, I think you know we have. Mark and Trinity here this evening, it's probably best to have them take you through their analysis. Our peer review supported that analysis. as reasonable. We don't have our peer reviewer here tonight, but we're happy to talk about uh, their work, our our peer review of that work, your comments, questions, et cetera, just to make sure that uh, we understand any concerns or questions that you might have. Sorry.
6: Yeah, sorry. Before that, the next crew is up, I, uh, first of all, thank you for serving on this committee. I know it's it's a lot, so thank you. <laughs> um, but why do you think you only got two proposals? If you had 20 odd people or maybe 10 different developers walking the site, yep. it is they to you reach out and say, well, why, don't you put,
3: why don't you put in a bid? Or <clears> was there a consensus of
4: I wouldn't say there was necessarily consensus. I would say there was a range of different reasons, and Sometimes. right. So I would to some examples. I would say you know some developers looked at it and just ultimately decided you know their business is really geared towards construction, and when the town had specifically stated it was a goal. And in fact, the town's agreement with the state to buy the hospital in 2014 had a good uh, faith effort at historic preservation of the building. So there were some developers who. We're interested, but as they really got into our plan, the buildings realized this is really a historic tax credit play. and even though they had done some historic renovation in the past, they really were more focused on new construction new build. with maybe, you know, outside so of one developer, a large developer who done other state hospitals say, you know, this is really seemed to be 75% historic rehab or more. If it was the other way, if it was, you know, 75%, you build and 25% you know, that will, you know, we would have come in and it's a great project, you know, good luck with that.
3: Uh, we had others say
4: the town has a bylaw for 25% affordable housing. If you were looking for 100% affordable housing, that would be you know, a business plan because there's other resources we could tap into. But you're really are looking for a predominantly market rate property, yet but still affordable housing. So you're kind of a tweener, you know, you're not 100% affordable, you're not 100% market. You know, we could do it. Do we think it would be the most competitive? We want to spend all the money exploring a bit. we decided to pass. And we had others say we're expecting a lot of competition. Um, we're not sure we could win. I think it's done early on that Trinity Group, really known for historic preservation, was very interested in tracking the site from the time the town bought it or what they for. So I think they just decided in the end. Can't win. We don't want to spend the money and the team and the plans and everything uh, to feel like we don't have a great chance. So I would say those are some of the great things.
0: Okay. You. Um, can you remind me? Was in the original RFP uh, was CAM uh, a part of that RFP in terms of looking at donations or uh, funding for CAM?
4: No, we asked as part. So we have a. It, four main criteria for the RP and sub groups within that. And we did specifically ask because the town had already entered into 99-year lease with mm-hmm. Camp, for the chapel building and the infirmary, uh, we did specifically require developers to tell us how their project would interact mm-hmm. with the CAM proposal and, you know, what their thoughts were about having a complementary housing
0: uh, project. And was that considered a negative or a positive in general when you spoke to other developers about having Cam there? I think you know, I think it, it
4: depends on the developers. I think you know most of them is very positive because they're thinking, okay, this is, you know, this is a big complicated project. If there's already a sense of place, if people are coming up here to you know go to concerts or see. Artwork, or there's some activity in the
0: campus, that it helps draw people and makes it a more desirable place for people to live. Mm-hmm. Um, were they, there you, any discussions around local agreements, um, anything around police, fire, infrastructure, for towns, schools, anything like that in any of the RFPs? Or is that something that's coming after uh, or within this discussion?
4: We asked for an assessment of this effect.
0: OK. And the
4: initial study that we received from Trinity, you know, I think you probably saw that it's been updated, but it was included in the additional proposal. The other proposal we received had some very, let's say, high-level
0: numbers, which were really impossible for right. us. As I remember was communicating about that to evaluate. Same thing with Trinity; it wasn't quite. Yeah. So we've only just gotten the numbers, and had the peer review within the last week. So I think you can understand that there's probably some level of concern hear about what the impact of this project will be on schools how long how fast and how much uh, the town will have to be made aware of the impact of not only this project but the other projects that are in the pipeline um, that could increase our student population by almost three times of what trinity originally estimated so i think as we're talking tonight it's very important for Trinity and for the committee to kind of weigh in on how those kinds of impacts will be made to uh, to help our town, which is financially strapped, although it may not look like it, we play very very close to the line because of our residential tax rates, and uh, there is a lot of concern. I think not only amongst the population but certainly amongst the committee that there's a greater net negative then there could be a greater than a net positive in terms of school. so it would be most helpful if as you're going through the presentation you really speak to us about how it is that we can mitigate those issues over time and uh, what kinds of proposals we can do that will make it uh, possible for us to be able to continue to have the kind of school system that will drive people to your rental units and to your affordable housing and how that will then help the tax base of the school. So I think that's very important to us to hear. Right. And so we certainly acknowledge
4: and and agree with uh, the importance of that issue and being able to uh, respond to questions about that
0: and establish a comfort level. uh, But at this point, with any negotiations, there has not been a set dollar amount aside from the money that's been given to CAM, which is now, uh, what is it, the Bell Forge uh, organization. But at this point, within any of the negotiations or any agreements, there is no local, um, local agreement money or mitigation money.
7: Oh, well, are you talking
0: about the one million dollar donation? Yes, ah, right. So, I mean, so that's to CAM, but that's not to mitigate anything. Yeah, but, but yeah. Let, yeah. Me, yeah. let me address that. So that yeah, was please, not something
4: yeah. the town negotiated, you know, right. on CAM's behalf. That was a decision made by Trinity to do that. So right. the town is not considering the donation to CAM to be part of what the town is receiving for this project. So what the town is receiving is there's a two million dollar acquisition payment. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There's a $525,000 of technical costs reimbursement to the town. So let's say the proposal passes a town meeting, it goes to permitting, and eventually mm-hmm. goes to construction. The town might choose to hire a construction manager, uh, other consultants to ensure,
0: uh, and obviously it's, it's, taking it's, it's on all of the part. infrastructure uh, that needs to go in to support.
3: Right. The right. So, in in maybe I should so have that's said,
0: there's you know some benefit yeah. there. But that does not necessarily help the schools with the benefit of increasing, as we've spoken about, the infrastructure that needs to happen in order to have us cover a much more significant route in terms of busing. The number of students who will come, particularly now that we know that many more of these units will be three bedroom than we were anticipating initially, and that there is a mitigation cost to this. you know, quite frankly, it is some of the most beautiful, undeveloped land on the Charles River. And uh, it's going to go for $2 million and a $1 million donation to a 501 C3, which is a beautiful thing. I'm not against it. I think it's a great thing. But where did the schools end up in that? Yeah,
3: so I think that that's kind and, of and where I know, we- are. I know we're here
4: to talk about that tonight uh, yeah. I just do want to clarify a couple of points and maybe I should Please. start yeah, by you. saying any the proposal is for the town to transfer about 45 acres of hundred and twenty-seven acres mm-hmm. of the town yep. owns. And those forty-five acres I would say are characterized by the brick buildings. Yep. Yes. So Trinity's proposal is to
0: historically rehabilitate all of those buildings. And I two. have to say, just to clarify, I love Trinity's proposal. I love what they're, you know, personally I have looked at it and this is this is great. As much of a unicorn plan, the kind of master plan. Came up with, I think this is pretty close. But at the same time, we have to think about the practicalities of right, this as well. For others who
4: may not be totally familiar with the proposal, the town is keeping all of the open space and mm-hmm. the green areas, as well as the arboretum area, which is characterized by the single family yeah. which is right home. So we would be
3: voting to authorize
4: the select one to sell about a third of what the town acquired. Trinity pays all the environmental remediation costs, which right now are you know, in the 2014 agreement with the state, we're on the, you know, we've got, we bought some liabilities, yeah. that's estimated, and I don't want to hold anybody at this time, but they're thinking $20 million, mm-hmm. um, all of the infrastructure would be paid for by the project and master plan predicted that about $26.7 mm-hmm. million. So, yes, it's a $200 purchase price, but it's cost that the town would otherwise expect to
0: occur, it held the property would be borne by Trinity although none of the infrastructure costs would be incurred by the town if we help the property in perpetuity right. so it's kind of a wash on the 20 million dollars
3: there but well, but it is you know, I, it's I, important you know, I, I, I it's, think
4: you're, you're going to own 20 million dollars of contaminated buildings if you never go forward with a project I agree you want to hear the infrastructure but the 20 million dollars is we already own yeah so again I don't want to take the focus off of the schools which I know is what we're here to talk about tonight but it, it if Behind the question is why only two million dollars? I think
0: you
4: know, one of the no, I think behind be the question considered. is how are
0: we going to mitigate okay. the effect on the town? Are to you splitting with the state? Oh, I'm sorry, uh, if you're gonna talk, you, uh, oh, you need to share it, it's sorry. very public. Comment, good question. Uh, don't we split the two million with
8: the state? So, uh, it's not a 50 50
9: split, but there's a sharing model, right. So, any sale of the
4: 2014 agreement or with lease. That matter is split with the state, so the town expects the net about a million five million six based on the formula. So um, I don't know if at this point it's best to sort of. I
1: have one follow-up question before uh, transitioning. Did the um committee, when you when you had two bids, did the committee talk it all afterwards and say, "Hey, would we we want to change requirements, open it up, run a different RFI."
4: But just I'm just curious, what kind of conversations? Yeah, no, you I mean we, we actually met. The deadline was like a second. We the we met on the evening of August second uh, to talk about that. We had some direct questions when people attending our meeting shouldn't we guessed we did this. so I think the feeling was we're tracking the master plan that was adopted in town. That you know, at one point there 3,000 resident interviews, and we had at least one proposal that you know basically said, "This is what we think you're asking for," and that, you know we're were proposing to do it so we didn't feel based on the feedback we were getting from developers who didn't fit that if we did it we would necessarily get a different result and we didn't feel like based on the master plan and kind of not even literally the master plan all, but all the five years of discussion that went in the master plan that as a committee we were willing to strike some of the criteria that people in town have i have one logistical question todd um
3: can
0: you tell me specifically why it is important for the town to do a July, uh, June 21st, as opposed to at one point people were talking about perhaps pushing it out to September. Um, and now we have to reduce our quorum, or at least the select board feels as though we need to reduce our quorum in order to make sure that there are enough townspeople there to actually get to a two thirds majority to be able to vote for this. So, so, what is the time pressure? Here uh, between receiving this uh, essentially their peer review, which kind of backs up whatever Trinity is doing and whatever Trinity's numbers have come up with. And I'm not saying that your numbers are incorrect. In fact, you know, it's really that there's a lot more going on in town than just the Trinity proposal in terms of the impact on the schools. Um, but what is the what's the date? What's the time pressure right now as opposed to being able to have a town meeting in which there would be potentially more people who were able to vote on something that was so important uh July, June 21st as opposed to in September. Yeah. So and um, the you know the quorum um, I, I can't speak for the selection on that. I
4: don't know if you were at their meeting last night they had a remote discussion on it. You know, yes, I think from our point of view as a development committee, you know, we're trying to negotiate the sale mm-hmm. of a property in accordance with the towns that they want. If we're you know we're in a rising interest rate environment, we're in a rising construction cost environment. We realized it would be ideal to have the meeting at another time and not around the end of the school year, but to go from June to October, or maybe even November, uh, in our view creates other risks. One risk was the developer is just still willing to do something at that point. You know, the, the bids were August of 2021, right, so we've already Taken, you know, close to a year just to get to the point to see if the town voters and I think you know Jim and his group were very. Clear we are, we are
0: well aware of know, the timelines right. for
3: these things.
4: So you know, I, I think part of it is, um, and I, I, these guys can answer how much they've already spent, and that's that's part of life as a developer. But right. you know, I'm not, uh, not shedding any tears about that. But I think the reality is, to do a project like this, it's expensive to to, to complete your due diligence, and then if you're going to go to the next stage. Designing water and sewer, figuring out how you fit apartments into these buildings that were previously have bathrooms and kitchens, it's a, it's a lot of money. And you know, I think they are very prepared to spend that. However, you know, they would like to know that the town is behind the project.
0: Um, thank you for your good humor in uh, <laughs> me being as pointed and direct because this is the first time that we've really been able to talk about this as a committee, and given that it is coming up so soon. And we only have one more meeting before this. And that we have not really been able to speak to Trinity or anybody else, you know, before this point. It's almost like it's a fait accompli, but I think that we really do need to raise these issues. Well,
9: I've been following the project since I moved here because well, the yeah. this was going on the and year we moved in with the vote to actually purchase the property. <clears throat> I'm a little underwhelmed on how long it took for us to do something with it, to be honest.
4: Yeah.
9: <laughs> it is. Um, uh but and i have all the proposals i saw the two proposals for some reason i thought i saw another rendering but i liked Trinity's the best obviously as well because of the nature of which is the historic buildings and everything else so i agree with with jess obviously uh we're here to talk about the impact on the schools but also hear from them and um and, and i do want to thank you for your time I, no we appreciate being familiar there. with the time. <laughs> I know we, had, you know, we, we,
4: we all out. know
0: how long it takes to develop this <laughs> sort of.
4: Thing. And also, I think you know when the select did sign the preliminary legal agreement and formally kicked off this period of due diligence, it was the very end of March, right? And we did reach out at that time. However, everything's leading up to annual time either, right And it's not a good time for anybody. So mm-hmm. we understand and we appreciate it. we're We're very happy to be here tonight
3: to talk to you about it. Thank you. So, Virginia, are you,
4: gonna... <clears throat> you know, when I pulled up in the parking lot, and like, um, madam chair my other chair board. Dr. Barneson, thank you very much for having us here tonight. When I pulled up in the parking lot, I took ten minutes to find a space out there. I was terrified. Was... <laughs> <laughs> this is... many people, as were we all. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: to
4: a oh, uh, only on zoom unfortunately something else going on actually you directly to the front door i don't <laughs> I wander around <laughs> where do i go um so where do i begin um i'm gonna turn it over to amanda in a minute and she's got a, a lovely PowerPoint presentation for you and then we're gonna turn it on to Erin from Gier from Fougier Planning and Development who will do a deep dive on what this means for the school department, the school committee, the kids, now the kiddos. As somebody mentioned earlier, um, and we welcome your feedback on that. Uh, it has been peer reviewed which we just got the peer review literally this afternoon. ourselves absolutely. Um, one thing I made clear before we were done. The first comment I want to make is, I can appreciate your questions about what makes Trinity so smart that 60 developers decided to pass on us and we decided to take it on. And sometimes I wonder about that myself. I mean, to answer that question, you have to know a little bit about us. Um, We take on the hard ones. Uh, We have people working in our company, many of whom have been there for 20, 25 years. And their reason being is taking on projects like this. And why? Well, it requires a lot of skill, it requires a lot of, Uh, experience, but um, I think what motivates most of us is the joy that we get when something like this gets gets restored. There's many a dark night, many a low point, many a a fraught moment along the way, but when this thing gets done, it will make all of that worthwhile. And and that's kind of who we are as a company. I seldom read master plans that are this thick, but for some reason I can't explain it. Maybe it's a little bit uh, fortuitous, but uh, I read this one from cover to cover. And, uh, and Matt, I'm sure your comment about plans and master plans flying all over the place. That's why generally I don't really spend a lot of But I was curious about this. And then when the RFP came out, our mission was basically to give a mirror image. To what that rfp wanted, the rfp incorporated everything most of what the master plan process had revealed and what we did is we basically said this is what the town wants this is what it's going to get and it requires a lot of movie pods requires a lot of um, resourcefulness uh, a lot of experience but in, in the end uh, courage as i've said uh, from the very beginning this is a rescue mission If this something like this doesn't work, then it's inconceivable to me that those buildings can have a future. That to this day, as I drove around last night, um, the water is getting into those buildings. And as water gets into the buildings, it freezes and uh, begins, the building begins to basically disintegrate in place. And as water gets in, that's exponential. It's not incremental, it's exponential. So, You know, we just saw this in the rest mission, and we are prepared to take on the risk, as we already have in preparing the proposal, and since then, investing funds into due diligence, because we believe there's a path to success here, we really do. It's fraught with uncertainty, we met with the warrant Committee last night, asked a lot of questions about how we prepared for the unknown, and I get nervous when I answer those questions, because as soon as you do, you jinx yourself, right? But we think what's in front of us uh, are challenges that we, we can take on, and uh, we are really excited about this opportunity. Insofar as the schools are concerned, we very much value what the school system here as a result of the evolution brings and what it will bring to this community. But um, you know, at the same time, uh, we also understood the challenge for us. this had to be a net positive revenue to the town and, to demonstrate that, we really had to focus on what is the impact of this project on the school system. How many kids are being generated, and what are the costs associated with that? And for that part of our presentation, I'm gonna turn it over to Eric, who will uh, share with you what his process is.
3: And
4: I'm sorry. And then sorry. Yeah, I can turn it over to Amanda. She's going to walk you through a PowerPoint presentation, which I think she can give in a sleep. But that'll give you a better sense of what it is, where we've come from, what it is we've looked at. And then uh, we'll turn it over to Eric, who can uh, give you a deep dive in terms of what needs to get done. And then I'm available. Uh, I will be available. I want to be accessible um, tonight and in the future to answer whatever
0: questions that come up afterwards. Thank you. Man. I have one quick question. Um, you're talking about this as a rescue mission, and I appreciate that. I actually used to visit clients uh, at the Medfield State Hospital when it's still operational. Um, and even then, it looked pretty bad. Um, do you believe that the town actually was flawed in its decision making by wanting to preserve these buildings? And uh, is it something that perhaps we have? We are now putting ourselves into more debt and more uh, difficulty. Well, first of all, by I, trying hope you, to, I hope you give me credit to never go
4: on record saying the town was flooded. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it is my job to ask.
4: <laughs> I would never do that. Um,
0: and yes. and I I actually don't know I really don't it's well, been a very long process in nine years understand between your priorities sometime.
4: believe it. we are sensitive to that but you have to understand that this is one of the most important historical assets in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts without a doubt that could be Harvard's campus it's reflective of a time in the late 19th century when people really cared about the folks who lived there and were prepared to put significant investment dollar. i know you're kind of frown only because the... that, go ahead yes that honestly when that's restored you would think you were walking among uh, the ivy covered walls at harvard that's how beautiful the setting the pastoral setting the location is reflective i believe of the commitment that today isn't necessarily there so in preserving this important hysteric historic asset i think education and incidentally, we would welcome uh, an opportunity to take your kids up there, talk them about all about the details of restoration as an educational exercise. We love the process, we know a lot about it. I think some of the kids might enjoy that. And the uh, superintendent would be more than happy to arrange those kind of things. We think your kids would really enjoy it. But having said that, this is a crucial historic asset that really should be preserved.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And whatever time, Whatever troubles, whatever uncertainty, we're prepared to make that commitment to try to get this vision into a reality. Okay.
6: Thanks. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having us, Madam Chairwoman, on the board. Um, my name is Amanda Alberta. I work with Trinity Financial, and I can go quick. Okay, I tried to wear my Medfield High School colors to be in school spirit today, <laughs> and I'm not going to waste your time with anything you don't need to know. I know that most of you are up to speed with this presentation. So, in the back of the folders that I handed you, you have a printout of the presentation you can follow along. Folks can see the screens, right? So, I'm just going to walk you through our proposed program um, of the redevelopment. Give you a quick update on due diligence. And then we will go into the fiscal analysis specifically affecting the schools. Like I said, you guys don't have to turn around. It's the same thing that's in front of you as it's on the screen there. So, the proposed redevelopment program our proposal is to create 334 units of um, mixed income housing. So, that's 75% market rate and 25% affordable. This is to this is to coincide with the town's bylaw, and also with the Chapter 40 requirements. It restores all contributing historic buildings in the core campus with the collaboration of the Cultural Alliance of Medfield. And it makes sure that the campus remains accessible to the public, that it maintains the open space for public enjoyment. The town, as Todd told you, is retaining the green, the Northfield, and the Arboretum, And it also creates housing that our analysis is shown to be a net financial benefit to the town midfield. Uh, this proposed program was updated as of the RFP. I'm sure you've heard that the number of three bedroom units was increased. That's because that is a state law. So in order for this housing to qualify under the state subsidized housing inventory, we had to achieve 10% um, three bedroom units. That's a state law. And then as a result, once we were able to get inside of the buildings and see how the units would lay out, the number of studio and one-bedroom units rise in the This is our site plan where this was submitted as part of the RFP. You can see that we paid special attention to the open spaces to have passive and active enjoyment, that we will revitalize the existing buildings in a way that will allow residents to enjoy their own space and common spaces. We will have a clubhouse for residents that can be a center point for recreation. Um, And really our goal here is to maintain the beauty that the town of Medfield residents have enjoyed. I know during COVID, um, the the campus was a home to have dog walkers and people with children and people just anxious to get outside of their houses. We like that. We don't develop gated communities. We really like when we can have an alliance with the, the can the cultural um, arts program and also to interact with the Community as a whole. So this is one of the renderings that we propose, as you can see, um, we want to highlight the character of these buildings as they were and as they are um, and also add elements of art lighting and other place making elements that can make this a truly enjoyable campus. Here's another view where you can see lots of people enjoying recreation, all of these roadways will remain public and accessible. For a quick update on due diligence you'll see on the screen what we were tasked with as a part of the. um, The pda we signed with the town so we've engaged with conversations with the town on strategies for noise mitigation on site. Um, we've engaged with relevant agencies such as the, Med- or the, me, the Massachusetts Historic Commission and d And we've also had communication with CAM to coordinate both projects. Uh, Mark Fugere here has updated our fiscal impact report. That will be most of this presentation. We performed a rental market study. Um, again, we've been dealing with noise mitigation because of percussive noises that can be heard throughout the site. So we worked with a sound engineer that modeled that for us and different scenarios for mitigation. We've worked with Vertex on a hazardous materials assessment. As many of you know, the site has hazardous materials, such as lead and asbestos. This was not a surprise, but during due diligence, we've had the ability to really catalog those and look into some of the cost impacts. Um, Also on the environmental side, we performed an environmental assessment report to truly understand the amount of releases on the site and what remediation will take. We had a firm called existing conditions go through the buildings, and they use lasers to map out the dimensions of all of the buildings. I'm sure you can imagine with 29 buildings on the site. It's not easy to catalog all of the nooks and crannies and understand how units might fit in there. So, that's really the way that we were able to see how the buildings would map out with the units and what we could um, fit. It's like a puzzle. Also, in due diligence, we've been working with our architect, Icon Architects, on the schematic plans. This is how we were able to arrive at our updated um, program. We've been working with our engineers, VHB, on an updated traffic study and water and sewer capacity study both of which have been peer reviewed and presented to their relevant boards at this time. Uh, Our associates with Fort Point reviewed all existing permitting documents and updated the list of federal, state, and local permits that we will need to adhere to. We presented this to all of the planning boards last night. Um, Our historic advisors, the Park Public Archaeology Laboratory coordinated with ourselves and town officials and actually today on my desk we received all of the part one 27 different part one approvals so we are already engaged with the Massachusetts Historical Commission and the National Park
3: Service. Can you find question? Certainly.
0: Um, so one of the ways that uh we thought we would be able to mitigate three bedroom units was uh because frequently in historic buildings they can reduce that by 10% do you what was the decision process that you know of through the mass historical commission or through the mass housing authority that then flipped that decision
6: Certainly. so it's a
0: dhc requirement that right
6: ten yeah. percent of the total units be three bedrooms. so in order for these units to count on the subsidized
0: housing inventory for the town we needed to adhere to that under chapter 40b okay so my understanding though was that at one point we were trying to negotiate to make that not uh as necessary within the three bedroom units. So uh, I can on that. Please do thanks. So when we
4: issued the RFP, the town has a bylaw for right. 25% mm-hmm. affordable. And so that was a requirement of the RFP. When the proposals were received we got into further discussions, it became clear that it was important that all of those apartments qualify for the subsidized housing inventory, which then triggered this policy. So if, if the question is why did why was it 10 percent three veterans to begin with that's why i think you know the town clarified what was desirable then we had some conversations and this is what you're referring to about whether that 10 percent, you know could be waived and i know the experience on Trinity side of the past and particularly historic rehabs it was not impossible um but i think we concluded we're not going to know that before special town meeting and therefore it made sense to pursue this program.
0: So essentially, uh, that's off the table at this point that we will simply be going to three bedrooms, whether we can get a waiver or not.
4: Can I comment on that? Please. Um, and I'm being totally candid. Uh, I don't think. As that, am I. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think that's going to work. All right. Um, and the reason it's not going to work is because. There's a lot of
3: space here. Yeah.
4: The only way that would work if you could go and give them a pretty convincing argument that there's not enough space. Okay. I think one of the things we did with this study is to determine a fit plan for choice. But we size this, anticipating the worst case. I'm honestly just gonna be honest with I don't think there's gonna be a lot of traction on that. I don't think it's going to be welcomed by DAC. I appreciate
0: that. I really do. And I understand it's simply that and the reason I'm being so focused about three bedrooms and I think you guys know this but for our owl friends at home is that three bedroom units bring larger populations uh, of children to town and we adore children here obviously. Um, but I think our largest concern has always been how do we hold a larger population in, in a fiscally responsible way? Yeah. And how do we make sure that each one of those kids and the kids who are continuing to be here and the families who depend on us to educate their children don't take a hit
4: sure. to yeah. their
0: education? We,
4: we, uh, we understand that. I think yeah. one of the things that characterize our proposal, we have a lot of studios running <laughs> as well. And they we see me in
0: one of those someday. And <laughs> the virtue of that is it <laughs>
4: happens to align with the market because young people today cannot afford that to bedroom unit. They can't, if they're singles or young married couples, they just can't afford the rent, they can't afford to buy a home. So making the units smaller, they're, they're, they're going to be beautiful, but they're also more affordable, they're more accessible. But that doesn't necessarily bring a lot of children into the equation. What's driving the, the children is really most of the units.
3: Unfortunately,
4: I'm not sure we can get around.
3: I do, I, I, do appreciate, that. Yeah.
4: I do
2: appreciate the fact that you guys told us that very early on because mm-hmm. we were able to submit our statement of interest to, to MSBA and include that possibility in there because we were told very early on that that was a possibility that right. it could increase so that was very much appreciated a lot us to keep that in the, the SOI and, and you know in anticipation that more soon would come to
0: that but I wanted to make sure that we had kind of a, a clarity about why that yeah. that was yeah
4: I appreciate that I think the other thing too understand is that um by virtue of the 40 b requirements the town gets credit for all three hundred and thirty-four units. I know yeah so that's um, that's a significant benefit which also mm-hmm. I think protects the town somewhat from unwanted unwelcome other so, projects which yes. could generate
0: more yes I mean, we understand it is the ultimate safe harbor. Thank you so much Manda I do appreciate uh being interrupted. I just wanted to make sure that I did not forget that. On a Please room, keep
6: going. Go. It's more productive to have conversations than for me to run through this mm-hmm. years. I also just want to add before we decided that we had to increase the program. We did meet the dhcd and preview the project. Okay, so we really tried to do the work to make sure that our answer was. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. So finally, with legal, we did the PDA. We did the term sheet. We're hoping to have the LDA. As soon as yesterday and <laughs> we've gotten title report for the site, no problems there. Uh, just to give you a snapshot of the schedule, we are now in June of 2022 rearing upon a special town meeting vote, and we want to make sure you all feel prepared going into. After that, we would really kickstart our community outreach and design development there's a lot that has to go in like Todd said in the way of road and sewer design and all of that fun stuff after that we would start securing the major permitting. Like we previewed the land use boards yesterday and make sure that our financing was secured. And then in March of 2024, we anticipate construction commencing and having about a two year construction period that would be finished in 2026. So I just want folks to keep in mind that this is a long term project. It's years out. Once construction completes, then you have to lease up and become operational. So this is a long time we're talking about. And now
0: I'm going to pass it over to Mark Pugere, who did our fiscal impact. Can I ask one? I'm sorry, I know this is good. No, please. Uh, may I ask about how you intend to roll out the units? Um, at one point, there was a thought that you would open all units at once. Um, and then at another point, there was a thought that you would open on a rolling basis. And that obviously impacts how we are able yeah. to. Pull children into our into our schools and plan ahead. I mean, obviously we do not have an elementary school project in place right now, yeah. and yet we are busting at the seat. So that is a really important question for us.
4: So um, in the end, we don't really have uh, enough information to propose a detailed construction that's implementation plan. Uh, one scenario is we have one. Big contract and they take it all on. Another one might be breaking up. A bit. We haven't figured that out yet. But where in
0: the timeline would that
4: happen? But, but I, well, I think the, the timeline is 2006 that would have a certificate of the project is completed. So No, I'm but
0: just saying. The, like in terms six,
4: of that The um,
0: decision making around small to qualify
4: large. what I just said for the uh, 25% for the units, there will be a lottery. Mm-hmm. There will be a local uh, there will There'll be a lottery with a local preference. So, and that's, a, you know, people sign up and then you income qualify that based upon where they are on the lottery and where they are in terms of preference, um, they would get first uh, uh, access to the units. That could take, sometimes that could take six months. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Just leasing this many units, you know, I think we're performing lease we up there's over two a, a, 24 months. 24 months. Okay. And that for a project this size, that's. You have to go back into the margin just to assume you're paying utilities, you're paying taxes, uh, you've got staff there already. So a two-year lease up period is what traditionally is.
0: And I I do want to be clear um, that this is not a concern for us on our part around affordability or for children who may come into town with families who are going for affordable housing, honestly. There's almost no such thing as affordable housing right now. So, that is a very wide range of kids and families, and we welcome that. Um, It's really more about how do we want our plan as we're going into our strategic planning for the next five years to figure out when the town will need to start doing or if they will need to do an override. Um, You know, two and a half percent does not necessarily go very far over a period of time. We're increasing our student populations. You know, we really do have some planning as a town to be looking at how we, even if there is income coming in, it's not going to be quite enough to offset all of the things that we need to take care of.
3: So- yeah, I I'll
9: go, like the kind of the concern opposite. it's not, you're making a proposal on land to develop it. And, and we're excited to hear you mm-hmm. know, your impacts parts. I think a lot of them, this dialogue here is also for the committee to take into consideration as they're going back to selectmen. And so they're hearing our concerns you know i know nothing you can do about them but just so that people hear them and the sure. people at home hear them too because people i don't know, don't know why but they actually watch these things when they get posted on youtube later on so
0: <laughs> <laughs> sometimes <laughs> that's <Warren> good <laughs> sometimes it's not watching
4: <laughs> as well yeah. yep. yes committee. i actually ran into some of the Warren
9: <laughs> committee this afternoon um, and i agree i think that yeah they're probably you know, we'll hear our concerns as well. And there's a reason why we were trying to build a new elementary school where we have space issues. Um, And so I will let this gentleman though get going because the areas of, of not so much questions because I think, like I said, I think you've done, you're you're sharing your due diligence with us. Mm -hmm. The question, my comments will be more for the public and for the town to take the consideration on behalf of you. So I guess I wouldn't want to say we're critiquing your work because we're not, we're like, want to make sure we're asking the right questions make sure we have all the information and we're asking them on behalf of our constituents at home too so a lot of...
10: sorry sir okay eric right,
4: mark whatever your name is Mark from
10: Geo, uh from geoplane development thank you uh, for inviting me here this evening uh, this is actually my third time in the community working on different projects and uh third time around with dr Morrison. so uh we know each other very well and it's a very beautiful community and um just to touch on um so a fiscal impact report has, has two purposes one we look at uh what type of revenue could potentially come out of the development and then we look on the other side of the equation is well, what type of impacts are going to occur to various town departments and the three departments we typically concentrate on depending on the program obviously is police fire and schools um, and that's the case here obviously this dpw will be involved in a few other departments but the main focus was on those two problems that like, have direct impact along with DPW. So just to talk about timing again, not to labor the point, but um, the projects that were highlighted that are under construction today in the community, that were highlighted by the peer review, they're under construction now. So very soon, you're going to know what type of impacts are coming out of those projects. Actually, one of them I did a fiscal point, so I'm going to be interested to know how many kids come out of that. Um, we're four years out um and it's just noted, it's going to take 24 months at least out you know these children are not going to, to drop out of the sky and show up on september 1st the first year they're going to don't gonna,
0: laugh it's happened
10: <laughs> so well i mean it's just not going to be available so it's it's, right. it's um it's going to take some time to roll out you're going to have a good idea very soon but then six months what's happening with these projects that are under construction now Mm -hmm. and then will be coming later so from a planning perspective and and i'm I'm a big advocate of planning as as a professional planner uh, that's that's good for for the townspeople here so um not surprising uh the school department is uh one of the biggest budgets in the community uh 57.9 percent of the budget is uh is schools um i met with the superintendents i just promoted, uh, noted relative to the project um he's very accessible and very helpful with this report I com- completed the section about this input employ- uh, actually twice uh, we met to talk about it. um enrollment trends um looking at uh, the three components elementary high middle and high school elementary uh, lately has been relatively stable uh, there has been some decrease in enrollments in the middle in high school over the past six or eight years um, which actually is not surprising and, and it's common in many communities uh, in the region um for this project we looked at a couple different uh, methodologies to try to come up with an estimate on the number of school children uh, which is always a very important question that you folks typically have um we have uh, quite an in-depth database I went through that database and came up with some communities that I felt were reflect uh medfield and what type of impacts may occur here they were conquered uh three projects in newton and lincoln woods A total over a units um we pulled out the one beds which typically uh don't have that many school-aged children in them and came up with a derivative uh, or a ratio of 0.492 students per unit uh, when you apply that to our project um we come up with an estimated 66 school-aged children I also have in there uh, the park apartment building, which is an existing um, apartment building in the community. Uh, that's a little bit different because that's 100% affordable, but I wanted to give you some reference uh, of that um, because there is a difference between market rate and that was mentioned earlier and affordable units as far as the impact on the town. But uh, the park gives us some, some guidance on the future, and I'll, I'll get into that later. Another option uh, we looked at is I have uh, access to data over over 1,000 units where we actually know what the enrollment is in the unit type. And as I noted, and as you'll see in this table, um, there's a big difference between the number of students. Uh, and the chair mentioned this in, in the market rate units versus the affordable units. Not surprising, there's more children in the affordable units. Um, and that's the case, and, and grows. So These are goes from one bedrooms, two bedrooms, and three bedrooms. Um, with this uh, methodology, we came up with 61 estimated school-age children. So we've come up with a range of approximately 61 to 66 school-age children that may reside in the proposed development. I believe Superintendent vetted these with uh, the town's consultant, NASDAQ, and they supported these findings. And I've uh, used them elsewhere uh, in the region uh, for other work. Um, one of the questions that uh, Dr. Marston was very concerned about, um, and it's always hard to predict, is you know if 30 kids show up in first grade, that's a problem um and what type of spread is that going to be and um looking at the data uh, from the park development um gives you a good indication what might happen here they're really spread throughout the grades there's really no single uh, large component uh in from that complex and based on the percentages of grades um at that facility is what i project here at this facility um it's the best guess i guess um That you have. Um, The fact that that's here in the community already gives you an indication of what might happen in the future. Um, It's not surprising that more of the students are in the lower grades. Um, That's typical, Um, but uh, it is spread out uh, throughout the grade levels um, to give you an idea of where that impact might be coming from, which is obviously a concern that was just discussed um so when we look at cost it's a, it's a couple different approaches uh, that uh, we use one is average cost approach and that's basically looking at uh two sets of derivatives you know the total cost of the uh, of the school department um divided by the number of students which I think averages here about 14,500 dollars it's a very simple simple way to look at it from a cost perspective that number is is um it's interesting But it really isn't helpful when you look at what's the impact really going to be on the school district when one new child comes into the school district. And what we try to do is is drill down a little bit more and come up with a better idea talking with superintendents and other people in the community. um, Which is called the marginal cost approach, where you interview department heads that know what's going on in the department. We provide data to them um, like the police and fire. We gave them data on how many calls to, to be uh, expected from this development. Um, we met with the uh, deputy police chief, for example, and he didn't believe based on his experience with not only Park, but other developments that his staffing is gonna be uh, impacted by the project. Uh, however, we're still carrying cost um, approach to that, um, but this gives you a better indication when you look at the marginal cost versus the average cost. Um, so as I say, we, we sat down with the superintendent Miles, to look at you know, what type of impacts this project would have on the school. And one of the first things uh, he recognized is we're most likely going to need another bus uh, to, uh, up in that area, uh, which is going to cost uh, an annual cost of $40,000. Special education, uh, it's also another, obviously, kind of important component. Uh, from the finance department, it provides an average costing uh, for K through five and six to 12. And uh, based on your statistics, approximately 15% of the mental students obtain uh, special service uh, services. Uh, applying that to the project, we're
3: assuming about 10 uh, children may need those services um, for a total cost of $153,000 a year.
10: Um, we also talked about. Um, what those uh, again, the enrollment spread would be um, for those children. And again, it would be approximately uh, 14 children in the memorial, 14 in wetlock, 13, uh, 14 in Dale, uh, 10, 11 middle, and 13,
3: 14 in high school. starts to spread. Um, on that, um,
10: So as far as the total cost, we're looking at transportation at $40,000, special education costs at $153,000. We're setting aside three teachers, um, each over $100,000, $120,000 a a person. Um, The teachers was, um, you know, obviously the concern is if, especially in the elementary school, which is the most sensitive to enrollment, that if a large cluster of one grade came into the school system, that might trigger the need to hire another teacher. Um, and that's where that came from. Uh, and I report I this
1: one. Sure. sure. And I, I just don't understand it. When, when I was looking at the table a minute ago, you have estimated number of grades K through five is six, and estimated number of grades six through 12 is four, just in respect, mm-hmm.
4: especially. Yeah, for- yeah, I understand why the four and not six. 10 students. Okay, 56, yeah, students. It's yeah. okay. I, I, based on
2: 15%. Based on 15%,
10: which, Are we
0: still 15%? which is so
10: low. And I know that we're doing
0: an enormous amount
10: of evaluation. We're between 13 and
0: 15.
3: Okay. okay. Thanks. Okay.
0: Clarification
2: okay. on this okay. and Thank you. Yeah. And is the is the average teacher is that our average teacher salary? Our average teacher salary eighty nine thousand uh, plus. We added benefits in there as well. So health health
3: insurance would be about twenty five.
0: Which is carried by the state, but the teacher costs are obviously carried on our budget line.
3: That's how, that's how yeah. that's the town, is the health insurance.
0: And sorry, town.
10: I just, just want to clarify. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. I was just curious. yeah. Um, so we, in my report, I actually. Uh, Did some average costing as well. Um, The master plan back in 2018, I think, had an average cost of maybe $3,500, up to $4,000. I added, I added on to that approximately brought up like $5,000. So in the low range, I have approximately $350,000 in school costs based on the master plan study. So somewhere between $350 to $535,000 a year um, in potential costs. we're estimating over $1.3 million in revenue in the community. So, this is tax positive, over $700,000 on an annual basis, um, even when you add in other costs of police, fire, uh, roads, and uh, a few other town departments. So, um, again, this is a fiscally positive project. It's a very exciting project. Uh, Any sort of preservation, redevelopment of an existing important piece of property in the community, and it helps you with your 40B compliance um and this uh should be a much more appropriate project and and more beautiful project than some other 40 b developments that i've seen proposed in the community that weren't as well received from what i understand so i'll be happy to answer any questions or if we have any other questions for uh for the teams, i'm happy to discuss them
2: so we've never used the, the 3842 that's in the master reuse master plan the numbers we use are per pupil expenditures, which come out of the end of the year report, and we use the average teacher salary. So we use real numbers. I'm not sure where those numbers came from. Quite frankly, I know that Michael had given uh, that video a lot of information, uh, probably 2016, 17, 18, and they came up with that, but we really haven't sat down to, to see where they got that number, because I think people are trying to look at that and, and say that way, well, yeah, our per pupil expenditures, you know, 15 to 16000 where, where's this marginal number coming from? So we haven't used that number at all. The time.
10: It's, it's, it's not footnoted anywhere. At least I couldn't find it um, in the master plan. Like yeah. um, the peer review consultant asked me that, of where that came from. Right. And, um, I mean, the master plan did estimate, you know, a much higher impact from this uh, a, a residential development, which obviously could have covered a whole range of of land uses. Mm-hmm. Um, um, over 175 to 246 children. So this is much less than that, but. Um, you know, this is a more conservative number. I think it's more drilled in and, and uh, more realistic uh, than the average costing that was done a few years ago. And honestly, from an
9: instructional impact at the schools, you know, with this, you know, with the purpose of this committees, my role on, you know, my concern would be the space. Uh, and class size at the elementary level is a large concern. And we can add more children. We can't turn them away uh and that increases the size of you know how much we're squishing into classrooms because we would hire other teachers but we might need to hire more aides to be in the classrooms but we don't have any more physical classrooms
0: well it also benefits i mean it also dings our revolving accounts and our ability to manage tuition the more children we have the fewer full day and pre-k kindergarten classes we or pre-k classes we're able to offer which then doesn't allow us to build up enough of a head of steam to be able to kind of mitigate the costs of tuition to pursue free kindergarten, which will become, I think, probably the law of the land at some point, I don't know when, but it certainly helps us. So our space needs are not necessarily only about whether we can fit the kids we have now, but it's about how we are able to provide Uh, Community wanted education, I think that uh, full day kindergarten is very important, and we simply will not have. You know if we had 15 kids, that's well, that that's, is quite liberal. well. That takes Close our, takes our max of 21,
9: 22, brings them to 23, right. and okay. we start saying we need another teacher, right? And so, it's
0: not so much, but well, we don't teacher, actually have a it's what we have still room for,
2: uh, yeah. We don't actually right. have a, a place to have right. them teach, so. you know, it's so, something that Mark and I had talked about because you really just don't have the crystal ball to see where these kids are going to right? So we could, like the park, there was very little impact because they were spread out among. 13 dated stated well, mm-hmm. but if we get like we did a few years ago where a bunch of families moved in and they all had first grade kids well that you know jacked our uh sorry a lot
3: of did
2: that year oh, that was well so you just don't know and we can't predict that but that's something that we have to be cognizant of and plan for because we don't know you know where the kids are going to exactly. in. and I, I just so you know as of um 10 o'clock this morning seven mm-hmm. out of our nine Grade one classrooms so for next year. we already have 23 and, uh, um, because we had 40. I don't want to give the exact number because I'll be quoted for the rest of my life on it. But we have you know 30 something kids that are signed up for next year that don't live in town yet that are moving in the spring and the summer, and um, most of those kids will move. I don't course. know
9: if I went down North Street recently, but I did to go to the uh, Dover Sherman High School this past weekend, and every other house is for sale. So <laughs> on both sides of the road, and those.
2: I'm not two bedroom units, <laughs> so uh, it's just we just can't predict that part. So we can make
0: reasonable assumptions that uh, young kids come in because that is how our population has always grown.
2: I think Mark and I talked about this, that uh, when we went to MSBA, they told us that we had the highest kindergarten to birth, birth to kindergarten ratio they'd ever seen in a town, which means yeah. that people move here after their kids are born. Mm-hmm. So they don't move here without kids and then you know, they have kids and when they're two, three, and four, they move to that field. And it was the highest they've and ever seen. And then they
0: have two or three more. And, you know, <laughs> kind to of, one it, it is because it is a great community and very much in that height. Um, but there will be significant impact. So I
3: guess those
9: that's uh, that's these are obviously questions concerns for the town side to take into consideration. Um, as far as the project itself, uh, I think it's. Uh, I'm very excited about it. fact, like, I can't wait to see that gentleman painting in the picture. You
5: know.
9: Yeah, a little like the
5: stranger. That could be the the Stranger thing, things, yeah. yeah the
9: and with the history of this particular facility, you never know. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not sure look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay.
3: oh, I, I suppose clear. when I
6: look at this number, um, I think of. Overrides, mm-hmm. you know,
3: I think um, I already said coming better up, word and away.
6: um, that's what just makes me pause. The stressors on on the on the taxpayers, on the school, you know, I feel like our budget, we've got to fight tooth and nail for for whatever we for whatever we get, as and does the town, in yes. a lot of ways,
0: and so it all comes from the same pot, you know. But so a million I, five I is not going to necessarily make up for most of its cost, and we don't expect it to, but. I'm sorry, I Go ahead. It's just it feels like there's a, a level of concern that we
3: all share. With. Yes.
0: Uh, so I just wanted to to state
6: really um, what I see and just my my hesitation. Yes, I am very excited for this project, um, but um, that's just that's my concern. So sure. I I pause.
4: Sure. Can I just ask further about that? So, Please. and I know we only so. Part of the presentation from Mark as far as his full report, but if the projections which you know the peer reviewer said were reasonable, I think Dr. Mars found reasonable other department heads in town about found reasonable if they're accurate, it would be plus seven hundred thousand dollars a year of revenue to the town and taxes after all of these costs were paid. So
6: going to the town, but not necessarily guaranteed for the school district. Okay, yeah, so Maybe I'm
4: just trying, I'm trying to, to understand your problem. Yes. Right? I mean, you talk about overrides. I mean, we see this as a project that, you know, according to the numbers we have, you know, pays its own way, right? And it's a positive for the town. It's very important on the development page. Structure something. The town's not paying for infrastructure. The town's not occurring debt.
6: But if and- we have to then buy modulars, for example,
0: so how
6: or much increase we did the number in
0: of two. classrooms that we have for well, right. this new school project
7: or any of these things yeah because i feel like the other thing that i recognize that you're not you wouldn't be opening for years right and your your numbers right now are looking not huge in regards to student population that we would be able to absorb but we've got three other projects in front of us that will be opening the next couple years and those are going to be impacting the student population as well and the facilities in specifically the elementary schools were, as Leo said, we're already in a space right now where we don't have space. So then we would be looking at these extra things of bringing in or buying in modulars or things like that to have classrooms and have space for these kids to be taught. And I feel like that's that's the part that those extras are things that we need to be considering that don't seem to be reflected right now. If that and don't sense. necessarily
0: build a strong school system. I think that we have all been very concerned about having what we call kind of Happy Acres Medfield, you know, trailer park modulars to be able to accommodate all of our kids. And it's not, it's not a secure school environment. It is certainly not comfortable. And it doesn't really necessarily push forward. Modulars can be nice.
5: They also have to be walked between.
0: Yeah, but you can
5: you
9: know, the foundations on un- and yeah. You can make them last a long time. I
0: think that we as <laughs> we have decided that modular is not a permanent solution to all the things we do. Yeah. So I want to be very serious about this because what? I think the committee has talked about this. It's I mean, not I mean, a great permanent solution. Right. And, aside and I that. don't expect Trinity in any way, to right. or form, that's and right. I want to let you know that, to uh to mitigate these issues. But I do think that there are things that we need to be looking at in terms sort of uh impact to our school that are more soft costs and more uh difficult to pin down. But possibilities. Um I look forward to the future, but boy do I like to call for it. And I think that our town desperately needs us to be able to plan for those expenses. Well, just
9: like Michael out of curiosity, would you happen to have a budgetary number for a yearly lease costs
4: on a module.
3: I don't know that that's I have
4: I don't
11: know if you have one that's current. I, mm-hmm. I have a question. So what you're saying is the the 1.3 million dollars of revenue to the town from taxes, you wouldn't necessarily be able to earmark that to offset the yes. increase to in the schools. Unfortunately, that's not how the process the works. Yeah, so that's my no, biggest it's not how
0: the process works, and uh, it's also we have. Um, a, it's not
9: to say that it can't a be A fiscal
0: policy th- that does not necessarily allow us to have as much flexibility with the free cash that might be coming in
9: um well that's it's it just part it we, comes, it's
0: a constant
7: negotiation
0: coming in as free though.
9: plus it's coming in as property though. Right. right this is a tax that. revenue, so yep. it would hit the same process yep. that we go through every year uh, that the town goes through every year where we present our needs but again they can all it
3: yep.
9: when we talk about the override the two and a half percent it can only go up so much yep. even with the revenue coming in um I'm not saying it's a bad idea. So I guess that
11: leads I, into my next question. If you know, so we're showing 1.3 million in revenue to offset the additional 500,000. Actually, there a Johnny, tip- can you come up yeah, so that sorry.
0: people at uh, TV Land can see you and you can kind of? Yep. Hey, Johnny and- Martinez,
11: thanks. Development the um, Is there a tipping point at number of students where, let's say, this number is like $8,000 per student? You exceed a certain amount but that number goes up, and maybe it's because of physical building or whatever. To where the numbers start to not make sense you know what I mean? does that make yeah, sense yeah i know what you're saying i think it, that'd be difficult to determine right now based
2: on we could look at projected enrollment and try to determine what that might be mm. i mean but right now i think that'd be tough to be tough to do for next year so it's right. the year after but i think we could look at what we have for projections from NASDAQ and try to figure that out from there and see what that tipping point might be i mean like already you heard dr muslin say that we're at 23, 23. students which is above
9: mm-hmm. our our recommended level of students per classroom
2: I you can't do add a done. teacher because there's
9: no space to do it. it right. Right. If we did, we have to get rid of a preschool or have to get our Right. So that means, uh, in order to support that, we may have to put, you know, an aid in every single first-grade classroom. So there's a cost to that,
3: you know, right. that particular. Which then becomes
0: a significant, completely larger sum of money than simply you know an aid in every first-grade classroom becomes a much larger amount of money than simply hiring teacher. one teacher for your population. So it's it's not always, as Mark said, it's not always an average. It's not a clear way of going about things. It's really about how we have to build our budget every year based on the number of children that we have and the space that we have.
9: And planning and planning for, and it's just planning. It's like you said, this is good information that allows us to plan and talk and have the dialogue with the town side, with the other committees in town, warrant committee, uh, so that when it comes time, that perhaps an override is necessary. Um, which usually is in some sort of cycle we all know what inflation is and two and a half percent is not it um so um so we know that we're going to have to tackle that so we know that we're already in kind of crisis mode if you will from that from our elementary building system situation um i am kind of stressed about what the summer is going to look like with the number of housing sales going over so so so, so like i'm that's
1: my brain just i see that like when we have this additional expense town says it. And it, I keep hearing the 1.3 million of revenue, five, you know, to offset it. It would be great if the town were to effectively almost earmark it and so say, as the enrollment goes up, you know, you're going to get that. Yeah, I, I don't think you know that's not going <laughs> <gonna> to happen. It's not going to happen. you know, I but but it is that I, mean, I can I mean, just see it. Could, it. right? It's,
2: I mean, we could have conversations with the town side and, and say, let's you know, based on the amount of kids that that come come to our schools from that development, X amount of dollars is guaranteed i mean chapter 70 is earmarked for education right why can't this be a local chapter 70 to earmarked education
1: i mean it is it, a conversation it, it at least they they you know six years from now they say you said that it's
4: was nice.
1: who talked about, when did we talk about this yeah, I mean, I people could, hungry, it's, it it's like, like when my years. boss issues quote us like we give all the reasons why it doesn't make sense that
3: yeah.
1: It is what it is. "Yeah, right and that's what i think will happen yeah. right It's it's like it'll
4: be like okay I have to go. What but can I think we do to
5: make this a... more palatable?
4: I'm sorry.
6: What can we do to make this more palatable and less right. scary, so to speak? Well, I
9: guess it's the it's the I dialogue. For me, it's the dialogue. Yeah, I think it's for us. It's the dialogue. We have to continue well, yes. the dialogue about our discussing points, right? And I'm I don't know, I'm skeptical that we will see a new building project by the time this this facility opens. Uh, this place open. This will be done
0: first. Uh, right. Yeah, this, this will, will be, be done, done first. One hundred
9: percent as
3: opposed
0: to the end for right. of the So as I
9: as think well. we should just we put this project aside. We just need as a committee just kind of moving forward with entre classrooms on our on Dale and, and Memorial to ease the stress. Dale can definitely cannot handle any more kids. They just can't. So um and that this is a business project, as he said, there's two more projects or three more projects already
10: opening now, right? The- yeah. So we mm-hmm. open this year. Yeah. Um, one A-list is open now, so you'll know well, Two are open
4: now, actually. So mm-hmm. I, I was going to ask, because I mean, this is, I think, our discussion covered our questions at the committee level about our own peer review that we received from, mm-hmm. from Simon today. So I guess the, the ultimate question for you is how accurate have you found projections in the past around of those school age children because if you look at these three other developments that he references chapel and it's 90% occupied it's home ownership. Where's that? That's Right next up next to the hospital. hospital. Oh okay yeah. okay so that's 90% occupied now. And it's you know it's it's kind of different. Yep. Medfield meadows um Route 27 there is one third ownership, two thirds rental. So it's 86% occupied now. And the four project in the american region building that's still under construction so if you look at the peer review it's going to be apartments so it's a yeah. yeah it's a yeah. uh, yeah, region is all right it's 56 apartments. Yeah. so but if you, you know, if you kind of follow this analysis he says okay aside from you know what you have with this project right just since we general green about projections for this project you could have up to you have know, between 84 to 124 school twenty-four school-age children at those three other projects but you know, doing some research with the town today, again, two out of those three buildings are are between eighty-six and one hundred percent occupied. There's only thirty. There's only thirty Bedfield school students in those two buildings. So if you back that out of his range, you know, his projection would suggest you would. You would have to see, you know, between fifty-four and ninety school-aged children at the fora Project, the Legion Project, which is only fifty-six apartments, right? So there's more than one school-aged kid per right. apartment. Yeah, um, I think that I think two. So it's I like I'm just asking, like, how? Experience have you found these numbers? So, the so we haven't seen
2: projections materialize. Yeah. I think that. We haven't seen that. We didn't see that in parks. We didn't see that in leaves. I think what we were concerned about, what I have to worry about as a superintendent they have to worry about the school committee. is the potential is there for that to happen, right? The the amount of bedrooms are there. Kids can fill those bedrooms if parents move in. So we haven't seen that number materialize, but the the potential is there. I think that's a concern.
0: And when we kind of play close to the edge and think, oh, maybe it won't happen, maybe it won't happen. That is when it happens. And, or it happens that's in a way we didn't necessarily expect. That all of a sudden you are looking at far more. I, mean, I think at one point that are fifth grade that all of a sudden uh, you know yeah. ended up having significantly more children yeah. than yeah. it I ever started. It, that's my
9: yeah. Fifth yeah. yeah, yeah,
4: and
9: it, I think it's it's and it's just where we are now compared to and you're coming with a future project and so and. You're coming on the tail end of budget season and a failed school building projects and we still have space issues that we're, dealing with. So we're talking about what else is coming in quality of education is our job and that's what we're, that's what i'm hyper focused on and space is required um, to have good instruction and pedagogy it's just required so and i think that's what like I said, I, I feel like we're taking it out on you, but we're really not. That's why I keep yeah. reinforcing that this
0: is not the work you guys have all
9: done has been great. And I'm really excited about the project. So totally, I think the fact that we still own a hundred or, you know, two thirds of the acreage and the frontage and you're, I think I saw you leaving views of the river. I saw that you marked that for all those views. I'll be picking up my units you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I probably should have been there in its original intent, but uh, especially after this last couple years, Um, but I guess but we're just airing this to other committees so that the message that is there that the schools are concerned, and so therefore um, it could be echoed with other committees. I think it's maybe one of the things that we haven't been able to do well because of the pandemic, um, and we're not going to make that mistake again. Uh, I know the folks on the town side, Jeff works very closely with Christine and her team uh, and their teams work very closely. So it's not that part we're worried about, but it's the people who run the town and the committees who are both just like yourself, and uh, and they want to understand what they need to do to support the
2: schools too. So
3: um
2: so Todd, just yeah. I'm sorry. No, that's just to your point. You know, in the in page three of the peer review uh where it says consequently the combined impact of Mitchell state Hostel and three other projects may increase enrollment by 145 to 190. so within that context and that's the example you gave me, I responded then the level of new enrollments could exceed current classroom capacity particularly for schools serving students in earlier grades um potentially requiring the construction of modular classroom so given the context of additional 145 and 190 yeah we're all into modules but if that doesn't happen then maybe not you know so I think that's the key piece there is that when carl was giving me that scenario he said so it, it, it's your 66 which i agree with and um and he agreed with but then he brought in the 145 to 190 then something like that would be a huge impact on us but i'm not saying it's no i
4: understand. Did, yeah, I know it's yeah. about planning yeah, yeah. yeah my question yeah. was really about how accurate projections are yeah. in the past because when you when you actually look at it you find out there's you know there's 30. There was some so scary hard. numbers. Well, so as Jeff hard.
9: mentioned, like two years ago, they gave us some scary projected numbers. Um, that and whether it was COVID, they didn't materialize, we don't know. We saw a dip because of COVID. Some people homeschooled or moved out. Um, same time. Uh, those
0: kids seem to be coming you
9: we to see them come back. We
0: are, yeah. you know, we have and the population just this year since
9: October. So the flight out of the city centers, you know, bringing people out of the cities to here and and Medway and Millis, I mean, we all see the property values and the craziness outside of open houses when you Although, see 25 cars lined up. So,
0: Millis is going to have two completely new school facilities within the next five years. So people are willing to drive another five miles. Yeah. Just saying. Um, uh,
3: well, the hospital in field, so. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying.
0: Uh, but in any case, I mean, I think that really the conversation here too is about how do we mitigate these. Issues and and be quite crass, It's about it's about money and about the town negotiating uh, your contract so that it is not only and hoping that you take into account um, as you work with Trinity and Trinity works with the development committee that you take into account not only uh, what you see as maybe you know. here for a bus or whatever, but there are significantly larger soft costs um, over time and they will be triggered by Trinity as well as these other groups and i'm not saying that these other organizations shouldn't have local agreement issues or local agreements but um, and i'm not looking for big pockets at all, but what I am saying is that when we have an arts organization that gets a donation of a million dollars, and I don't know when that meeting Occurred where that networking occurred or anything else, but that is clearly not something that was being offered to mitigate the costs for the schools or for the town. And, and I want to make sure that as we're talking about this, we talk about it in a way that is realistic that this is a great project. We like it very much, but it is not all rainbows and puppies, that there will be a tax impact, perhaps later, perhaps sooner. But there will be a tax impact, and there will be an impact on the process in the schools. And we need to be very clear about that, because otherwise, um, whoever is sitting here in this seat four, five, six years from now will be hearing about how you guys spend too much money on the students that you have, or that you do not have enough space and why aren't you doing that. It is our responsibility to pay it forward. To the kids who will live here six years from now, and the families who live here six well, years from now. Well, why didn't that whether they ask the questions? Right, <laughs> whether they are living at the hospital land or they are living just in town, that's our responsibility to bring the best school system that we can for the education of our students, and that's by charter of law. So that's very much, uh, and I think unless we have other questions that we really want to talk about in terms of medical um, projects. Okay. Go ahead, and then I think we'll wrap this up because we've been doing this for a while. And then please have any reflections that we'd like to for us. A couple of. Go ahead. Sure. I was going to say we're going to get public input, but I wasn't sure if that gentleman in the back had
7: something. I will do
0: that after uh, we have our
9: discussion. Um, question just about the access to the site. One of the one of the things about the site it's it's beautiful. It's great. It's big, um, but if you're there. Uh, Get to the center of town you know i'm not i don't recall is there going to be a sidewalk that connects it to can you go by sidewalk from the site to the center of town would it be is there a plan is it going to tap into the sewer system or is it going to be septic uh,
4: those are just some of the questions i guess i had around the i noticed that there's a very nice sidewalk to catch
3: you about two-thirds of the way Yeah, it's like that yeah um,
4: and um, it's unfortunate it doesn't go all the way because that would be terrific we are extending the water
0: lines and we are extending the sewer lines. So we will be connecting with the uh, municipal sewer. So that was a no on the sidewalks. That was
4: a, a not part of the deal. Nice
0: okay. no, but that was a no on the
4: sidewalks. Um, I'll take nice no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, good.
9: Just <laughs> yeah, wanted to yeah, clarify. We could put something on the rail system there.
0: And well, we okay, it. so uh, do I have any other questions from the <laughs> committee? About this, around the project, around numbers, around anything else, or do we feel that we can go back and then kind of generate what our response might be to so oh, the, the
5: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, now, do I have uh, any comments from you guys? And I'll bring public comment into this. And then... I just
4: wanted to close by uh, thanking you. Um, yeah, uh, there's, there's a reason there's only two people. Right. Okay. One was a yeah was going to be a real problem for the schools by so, okay. yeah. no, and, and i do want
0: to tell you that we do like this project again it is our absolute responsibility to make sure that we're asking every single question i sure
4: i completely understand if i was in your position i'd do the same thing and i might not ask the questions as nicely as um but i i will say that um we the economics here are very fragile and you know we're, we're doing a lot outside of just building the house. Mm-hmm. And we thought it was important to make a commitment to the artists because they've been the primary advocates for this project over the years. And frankly, they're going to be right smack in the middle of that site. If something <laughs> doesn't happen in that building, it's going to be a problem for us. right? beautiful building, yeah. I'll board it up. That's not going to be a good look for them. right. So we, there was some self-interest involved. Completely understand that. Yeah. Um, last night at the, at the Warren Committee meeting, uh, which I thought went
0: very well. Um, I hope it did anyway. uh, <laughs> Were they nicer? Um, they,
3: they, <laughs> smiled <a lot laughs> um, they smiled a lot.
0: They smiled a lot
4: But you know, they don't have the specific focus you folks do. And we, we completely understand it. But, uh, but they they asked a, a question which um, you know I, I thought was uh, very insightful. And they said, of everything that's going on here, all the challenges, the hazardous waste, infrastructure, raising the money, marketing this, raising the, uh, the debt and the equity, what's the biggest thing you worry about? And I said, a town meeting on May 21st. Yeah. Yeah. August, yeah. June 21st. You did ask for a minute. You asked you for a <laughs> It's um, it's terrifying. It's terrifying because uh, I'm sure you're feeling it in this town and towns everywhere. There's insurgency going on. People aren't happy. As um, compelling and as much as this project makes sense and will be in the best interest of the town, uh, there are people gonna show up there on June 21st.
2: So we've we're, had that same experience. I'm yeah. saying I would say I
4: we're, so do align with you right now. Yeah, <laughs> no, I've just a
9: lot of interest in making something out of this project, though. So a lot of people that moved in here and people who put a lot of work into the purchase of it and everything. A lot of work went into that that entire thing. I remember that I think it was an information night at the center uh a nice house right when I first moved in. So, just to fast forward I, I i don't think i think it's gonna there's gonna be a lot of um excitement i think around it too as much as you'll get some of the naysayers, I'm, I'm optimistic for you on the uh, really? yeah i am
3: yeah. Okay. Well, i don't know if
0: i'm optimistic for you on the last half day of school after a three yeah. day weekend which might be why the quorum yeah. was produced yes. but i'm optimistic that uh people will see that this is our, our best option and a good one at that
4: on that, I will say. but I just want to say unequivocally uh, that, that we understand that your mission uh, it feels got a great school system again, as a result of the you know, leadership. We want to do everything that we can to enhance that as best we can. um You know, our door is going to be wide open. Anything we can do to help, I, I just would like to be able to say, Yeah, we're we'll building a new school. Or, or, <laughs> we don't
0: want that. We um, <laughs> just want mitigation.
9: I do have one final question, and, and it's only based on um with the is it and i'm assuming your planning does um and i do a lot of with a home office i do a lot of news listening so it's just the byproduct of it um the possibility of a recession a year you know within 12 to 18 months uh is the project recession proof if you will in the sense of is it something we would need to worry about uh, in that sense
4: I, I hate answering those questions <laughs> recession-proof. but what i can say from the record so we've been in business for 35 years. We've been through four recessions, including the most recent one with COVID. We've never failed to complete the project.
0: Recessions coming kind up.
4: Of... Anyway,
11: I was just curious. Yeah. Can thing. I say just one thing too before we before the, Um one thing that early on in our committee that we focused a lot on is what would what's the ultimate downside to the town if we kind of do nothing? What could it cost? You know, 20 million dollars to rip down buildings. We looked at unfriendly 40B coming in six, seven, eight, you know, whatever. So those are other things that, as much as this might keep you up at night for these few units, you know, think yeah, if you're competing with
5: yeah, think about if
11: you're years competing years with twenty million dollars in mitigation in the town yeah. later on if, they, if these bills the buildings start to fail, um, or if a larger development moves in that you don't have any say over, yeah. and then that's just almost becomes insurmountable. Are the service tunnel is going to be preserved. You know your stuff. <laughs>
3: I um, went to the market. The we, for... we
4: believe that with the film asbestos. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. They are. That, you don't want to be that So you just film One of the unique problems. Yeah. and yeah. we have to send a speedlunker in there to do a. Uh, a, a, a speedlunker is someone that was in the. case Oh, I yes. am yeah. so was was aware. In, yeah. <laughs>
9: well aware. Uh, so
0: yeah. uh, <laughs> I so got, the, uh, that, got so,
9: the opportunity to do the ones in Boxborough Hospital before they renovate.
4: Which we
0: can talk about. Yeah. Horrible
9: example. to host a haunted house, house
6: in it and send okay. kids in there. Yeah,
4: we yeah. right, So to be a challenge extra rent for that one. We're a ghost signers. as you We are
6: looking forward to different marketing. Uh,
4: yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for having us. Absolutely. No, thank John. thank you for making for yourself a while, available. and we you know you guys
0: and Thank you for allowing us to make uh, this point. Of yes.
4: No,
9: this dialogue
0: was and, fantastic. Uh, I very much appreciate your um, no. help,
4: and we'll present the list to you. Uh, I mean, I, I guess, you know, my, I think it's been a very good conversation, and there's some good takeaways. I, you know, I do kind of come away from Mark's report and the peer review and the comments that you've made that there doesn't seem to be a big difference of opinion on kind of the fundamental assumptions about this project, and I think that's I think that's a real positive. Effect. Yeah,
0: and just because it's yeah. right doesn't mean there's no impact. There's two well, different absolutely right, two different but points. That's what we're talking
4: about. It's the impact. We're not having an argument about you know these numbers don't make sense or we do yeah. yeah. right. right. I think that's yeah. we're all fortunate. Sure. It, sounds it sounds like a future chair of the school building.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing to that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes, and so I'm going to take public comment. Are you here for that? Oh, Where you? There, Hi. Was there, was there line, no, no, no. You're it. I just approach and tell us your name, and then we will uh start this.
8: Great, great, yeah, it's uh, a um, yeah, great presentation. Uh, great to see you folks here. I've seen some of your stuff online, uh, so it's you know, odd all, all your work. Um, just as a parent, um, you know, to be honest with you, right? You know, I mean, uh, I heard one of the meet at the uh, meeting at like COI, we weren't we, we weren't in Wine in Town. I, I don't know about that um you know as a parent i'm kind of worried you know that when i see this i'm going to be having this sadness that my son isn't in a new school that just lost and to me just to put it you know call call we we'll call it what it is is that it's tough for me to be super excited about it when some of the proponents opponents of the school for my young son are big proponents of this and then it's scheduled on the last day of school um you know we've seen special town meetings things at special town meetings just because somebody got up and said this isn't right this should be addressed at the annual town meeting with the whole town not a reduced forum not a small number and frankly some
4: of that stuff's failed at special town meetings they i don't i don't know i don't know i don't know, I, you know to get people comfortable with that, that this was the right decision moving it forward, it's going to be the best decision happen. I wasn't kidding about the drinks, welcome opportunity talk to talk a little bit more. Uh, it, so it, if this it, doesn't
6: it, pass, sorry, if this does not pass on the 21st, is
7: this dead? Yes. Dead. Yeah. No resurrection.
4: Um We would be pressed to, I mean, we've already got a very substantial adjustment.
7: I understand. Yeah, And
4: it's not just, it's not just Medfield, there is, town meetings are scary. You guys know, I mean, if anybody knows <laughs> know then you guys I, <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> know.
3: <I'm laughs> the best every
4: time. Less than 10% of registered <laughs> <the laughs> voters of the town show. The town meetings. People who go to town meetings are kind of a, you know, it's an interesting mix, particularly if they're, they spend a lot of time in Facebook. <laughs> That's our
3: reality. Yeah.
4: That's our reality. And for us, two. Come to come out to the suburbs, When would you like to go a <laughs> <you> <laughs> The one thing that was attractive about this, the town did the hard part, they did the zoning, they looked at all of the aspects. I mean, the zoning typically is the hard part, and it was a two thirds majority to support the zoning. That's really the hard part. We're just stepping in and saying, Well, if this is what you approved, and this is what you wanted, and this is what you were soliciting, what are you guys? What are you guys? But uh, next Tuesday night. Whoever walks in that room, uh, I, I'll know coming in from the partner whether we're gonna be successful or not. And I just I just hope that people understand how fragile this is. We certainly understand it. Uh, and uh, you know, but also I just want people to understand that that night, if they are off to sell those, that's really the beginning of the beginning for us. We'll engage with you more, we'll engage with the community more, we will get people comfortable with this. It's gonna be a great project. I think some people have a sense of that, but I think others really can't fully comprehend how cool this is going to be when it's done. It's going to be a real credit to the town for the commitment this town made, buying it from Ecam. That was huge. it's huge, but in the end, it may prove to be the right thing to do, especially if we're given an opportunity to do this project. All right. Anything else? No, I mean I would just
3: counterpoint on. Will you you have
1: yourself. a year to continue to get to know us. You lose the voice, you lose the leverage after the town meeting. Sure. Right. And, you know, even, even like some of the ideas of this
4: 535000 or whatever it is versus the 1.3 you lose the leverage and you just lose it. So
1: I, I appreciate, you know, who you are. And I, again, I would like you guys, but it's more a town issue.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a, more what? A town issue. Yeah, it's our issue. You. you know and it's on the school committee i just say with risks and rewards representing the school i think the, the risks outweigh the rewards for the lane of school committee well,
4: let me I just suggest look if that, at that if that's the sentiment of this board that's not that's going to be a real problem for us
1: it's it's the sentiment of one individual on the board I, I, and just listening to it and, and I, I i also todd i go back to, to that question i, I do wonder Is no commercial development that doesn't bring in all the, the, the population like it is that could there have been other alternatives but Going we, back, we,
4: you up, know I mean, we solicited an interest we sat with developers before we went to RFP and, and you know these guys do portions of course, in other projects and there's a question about about the market and you know one of the criticisms of the master plan by people in town was well there's too much portion, right so you know it's it's no, tough no, But I think it,
3: it was, but but it, the reality is we
4: have we have a master plan we solicited interest in doing that master plan we have somebody who's willing to do a project that's consistent with the major themes of that plan the we'll selected designated them in November. of 2021 so. I know it seems soon but. In the context of where this has been going, and even really to go back starting nine years ago, like we we have somebody group going to do the deal, and so we can decide if you do or not. And if we don't do the deal, I don't think we can have any insurance that you know, like like
1: I mean, I, I just look at it, I think developers are incredibly creative. And if you were to look at that land and say, like, hey, you know, what are some ideas? What else might you? Do. it would be interesting the town might learn
0: you now. can stop
1: it if you choose i'm probably going to keep talking choose. for another minute or two i'm just i'm just saying for me as an I individual the risk
0: I'll be rewards and, and maybe you should be talking to to todd individually because this is not that's something that necessarily this is not something that necessarily impacts the school part of this do not want to go thirty five thousand dollars
1: does impact the school part That is it. absolutely
0: true but i do not want to go back and revisit their process i think we have all been second-guessed enough over time so this so, was a discussion around so let's let's, how let's we, explain how
1: this occurred then. i appreciate what you said you're going to continue to get to know us a year from now and longer before the select board sells the property but we vote on it next tuesday you know, it's that that, that I appreciate the vote all is
4: all like Listen, man, Let me explain the alternative. The pre development costs on this project are going to be three or four million dollars before we actually put a position closed. I would be hard pressed to go my partner and say, We're going to spend this kind of money to start this project, and we don't have uh, the, the select board is not authorized to solve the problem. We could have that kind of money. Wind up at the exact same place where we're going to be at June 21st and lose. So it's important for us to get a sense of the town, whether or not this is something they can support. Again, your select board, Todd, and, and other people involved in planning the property, building the property, are going to be all over us over the next two years according to the requirements of this, uh, this position. But we can't commit, we can't invest that kind of money unless we know the times behind us.
1: Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm not asking
9: to, understand. I think what you're experiencing is a very um, bruised uh, committee with a sense of hearing from the town what people show up to do, you know. And um, so, like I said, you have my vote uh, on that. I will be there and worrying. this
0: is not the committee taking a yeah. vote on this. That's right. It exactly. will not be issuing yeah, But an everyone's opinion. entitled to everyone share. One is entitled to their own opinion. Correct. Right. Um, but I would like to move this discussion. It is after nine o'clock, it is means. after nine o'clock, and we, I think we have thoroughly vetted yeah. this particular yes. conversation. So um we've kept the president on.
9: of the PTO waiting
4: long enough, I think. Just so, so just to
0: tell you how much i love this town.
4: I
3: gave up my fix to the Oh wow. Oh. So good, that I'm is ready. man. <laughs> now, they,
1: they,
2: but there's always day four party If they win, if they win tonight, then <laughs> you're not allowed to go <laughs> anymore. Right? That's right. You're
9: right. You're
4: absolutely right. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Really right. appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Okay, so uh, since no, you're good. You're good. You just got to sit through a very long discussion. <laughs> so I am going to invite Nicole up um, to speak to us about what 19, the CEO has uh, done this year again.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Nicole was uh, seven minutes unlucky. <laughs>
7: Sorry, but she's through. Now she's well
6: versed. She is well I do have a sweatshirt that actually says, and now I will forever know That's what I was thinking like, this. Is something.
3: This is something
1: I think Jess was trying to suggest covering a couple of the other topics to get to 730.
0: Right. I did try to kind of vamp yeah, she, she a little bit. She but did. I'm good. All right. Thank
6: you all for having me. <laughs>
0: so announce your name so here. i wrote this tell us who we are
6: really long thing out but i'm gonna try to create it
0: yeah you do a lot and you deserve your time so, so
6: go. thank you for having me my name is Nicole Drummond i am the current k3 pto president uh the k3 pto is the umbrella to the individual school pto's for memorial wheelock dale and lake and um, although each of the schools have their all those schools roll up into us. They're governed individually, so it's really important for everybody to always be reminded of. Um, so today, I stand here thinking, actually, about what a difference a year makes. Um, our kids are mask-free in school. They're enjoying the year-end activities, and I'm grateful to stand here and share what an absolutely amazing year that the K-8 PTOS have had. Um, i have been a part of the ptos for almost 10 years in medfield and this year has we've just we've shined and it's been amazing and i thank you for the opportunity for us to be able to talk about it um, we collaborated we brainstormed we thought outside box and most of all we embraced change straight across all k3 um, and because of all of the hard work that we did, I'm thrilled to announce that we almost doubled the money that we have raised in any prior K3 year of PTO fundraisers. Um, so how did we get here? We thought about how the world around us is changing. And in turn, we thought about the way the parents of Medfield are changing as well. And so we have more dual working households. We have families who don't have the time to volunteer the hours that we have come to expect in the past. And we probably do ultimately have COVID to thank us. Thank for allowing us to slow down and really take a look as to who the parents are and who our community is today. Um, so with that, we made the difficult decision to end the amazing Winter Carnival, which was our largest fundraiser for the K-5 through schools. And we replaced it with two individual uh, fundraisers. We did a K through 8 online auction, which we have done prior in person uh, for the at the Winter Carnival, and we did a K through 5 fun run that we called the Rainbow Run. Um, In the past, the most amount of money that the Winter Carnival ever raised was fifty five thousand, and had over two hundred volunteers. This year, the auction brought in $17,000 and Rainbow Run raised $90,000. And so for a total of $107,000. And we had a core group of four individuals who actually put these two events together. Um, And so I have to thank publicly Kelly Scobo, Jody Bills and Nessie McCabe, because without them, we would never have had this opportunity. Um, and we had the four of us worked on these and a total of 50 volunteers only for two days of the regular run.
4: Basically.
0: It, yeah, a true one. Um, and Not to mention that I have seen all of their names trying to get volunteers to cover recess, volunteers to cover cafeteria. You know like they are always out there pushing and bringing people in and getting parents into the schools yeah in a way that is informal and yet at the same time allows them to see a picture of what we do absolutely yeah and it is so i want to appreciate that them too
6: it's, it's yes no definitely and um so i yes 100 percent. i actually want to talk just briefly about each one of those schools because they all deserve that recognition um, but I do want to just add that we are going to have make both of these fundraisers annual so we're really excited about that. Um, and um, we also this year for the energy I think everybody's really excited to just be back. Right, so um, we received just incredible positive feedback from the parents on these two events and we're really excited and we would just also like to say that anybody has feedback, we appreciate all of it so anything can come in through us. Um, and We're just we're so grateful to be raising our children here and um, I personally it has restored my faith in this community how in two months we were able to really. Transform and see this community come back and come together. And for the schools, it was—it's all been just warmed my heart fully. Um, in addition to these uh, fundraisers, we actually also raised an additional thirty-two thousand dollars just from Katerate, just for Katerate, um, through our dues, the Bay State Textiles, and we have uh, opened the spiritware um, online year-round store. Um, and Republic, I need to give a shout out to. They always are amazing to us, and they did a ran a exceptionally successful fundraiser as well. Um, I just want to touch on each one of the schools because each of those schools worked so incredibly hard. Uh, Memorial, they raised an additional on fundraising. They raised an additional seventy two thousand dollars. Or I'm sorry, seventy two hundred dollars. Um, They, and their grants, uh, they did multicultural crayons. they gave Every Story Matters, um, and they, um, and I actually just wanna talk about that, Every Story Matters, I'm going to read what was said about it. One of our biggest accomplishments was the Every Story Matters book drive. The goal of the book drive was to update every Memorial classroom with approximately 37 new award-winning picture books that foster awareness and inclusivity across all races and genders. The Memorial PTO partnered with Park Street Books, MCPE, MCPE, as well as the Memorial staff, family, and friends to bring over 700 new books into the school. The diversity, equity, and inclusion themes in these stories will help teachers and students to examine differences and similarities to potentially see themselves or their families represented and to develop confidence in their personal and social identities. And that is, it was just, Remarkable to see, and so important for our schools. Um, so I did want to give them huge credit and shout out for all of that. Um, and they funded amazing things. But uh, in addition to the Every Story Matters, one of the great gifts that is also coming that um, uh, Dr. Billsborough was told of is the class of twenty thirty three and twenty thirty four are gifting ten thousand dollars to start. The new playground so from the memorial pto so that is also a huge. Welcome very excited so thank you to all of the families that donated and are enabling us to do this. Um, we like to what you were saying this year they they did a also outside the box, they did the holiday shop which they've never done before they raised almost $5,000. And their ice cream social had nine hundred attendees. Imagine
0: who are those people? They
6: live here. They live here. They want to be involved. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So
0: the ice cream social at the June twenty first <laughs> annual town meeting this year. I just I've just asked <laughs> them for a friend. Yeah.
3: Maybe,
6: yeah. Um, So, and then they also we look also it's like I feel like everything was just it was just embrace change has been the theme for all of our schools this year. Um, They did their kindness rocks project, but they also this year they coordinated year round lunch and recess volunteers for the first time. And it is amazing I mean people stepped up and they want to, and they you know post that they can't make it so someone else steps up, it is an unbelievable organized and Nessie McCabe has orchestrated all of it. Um, It's been been amazing. They did a a Wheelock variety show, which was tonight. Um, And they also, they year round hospitality events for the teachers and the staff, which all of the schools have really started to put in place. Um, For Dale, they also, thinking outside the box, I put in some new chair positions. So we actually have parents who are chairing community service and service programming and fundraising. But the food drive was that they that the parents actually, one of the parents initiated and drove, they donated an unprecedented amount of the Medfield food covered And the kids felt like they were involved in this. Um, they had programming in which the, they granted fourth grade mythology unit and a fifth grade graphic novel unit. Um, they also had a hip hop presentation that was done. Um, they also have parents, they started, it's called Pop, playground, um, Parents on the Playground. So parents are able to kind of get in a little bit when their kids are in fourth and fifth grade. Um, and they funded countless grants in addition to all of that. And Blake has really started to get a lot of energy behind them with some stuff. They um, they approve grants for safe learning for a safe learning environment, keep gender diverse students safe. Um, they have they funded partially for a water bottle, bottle filling station. Um, they also for feminine products. They've been um, helping with all of that, which surprisingly has not been. In the Blake Schools, um, and then right now they're actually looking to begin funding some furniture options for the Blake Learning Library. Um, and they they do uh, teacher appreciation appreciation all year. They do the eighth grade graduation picnic, and they are having a slushy truck for the sixth and seventh grade. Um, and they also have made an additional with like they do their annual appeal. They've made an additional six thousand three hundred and ninety dollars. So we have, and it's Mm -hmm. coming from our community, and that really has been just the greatest story of all. So I I can't thank everybody that if anybody's still there, I can't thank them enough because we could not have, um, couldn't do it without the, you know, we, this year I feel like PTO is exactly what it actually stands for. We're a parent-teacher organization and have fully come together. So we're really excited about next year.
2: And uh, without you, so thank you
4: so much. I mean, it's really awesome. Yeah, cool. really I, love it's, it's I just want to point things. out
0: two things that I think are so amazing that through all the things you kind of went past it, but uh, funding, the supporting gender diverse learners yep. and kids, um, and which I thought was one of the most impactful presentations I've ever seen as a parent Come out of many of our schools. I we've been here for you know eleven years at this point. And the other one is the the day that I saw that um, that Bay State Textiles had finally sent their graphic or their M to put over the warrior headdress. And I knew how hard you had to work pursue amongst all the other stuff to be able to say that this is our logo yeah. and that we don't have to continue to, you know, like, because it's a private entity, continue to see something that that was who we might have been five years ago when it were put in. Yeah. And I really do appreciate that because I know that it was not easy and I knew that it took a long time and we stayed on it. Thank yeah, you. But it, it was it was the right thing to do. So I appreciate and that everybody. Both of that to those time demonstrate to me how much the PTO and all of our organizations are really looking to support every kid. That it isn't, you know, there's no kid who's, you know, deserves to just kind of be left off because it's easier. Yes. So thank you.
6: To that point um we are going to begin working on um formalizing the angel fund yes through sorry um, (laughs) was that
0: like a big
6: celebration moment thank you um and how we're going to have it maneuvered so that it can be a seamless process so that will begin hopefully over the summer um to make it a seamless process for our community and for those in need so that they do not feel like they need to Approach. They can be approached themselves, and we're developing all of that not through PTO. PTO
0: will be building onto it, but
3: mm-hmm.
0: we're kind of initiating all of that. So
3: that's fantastic. Thank,
0: Thank you. All. Yeah. That that is my that has been my my dream here. That no family has to worry about whether they can pay for the medical experience because it is not just your tax dollars or you know a box of crayons. Yep. It, it's yeah. It's a Absolutely. lot more than that. Yeah.
6: And and um, to be and to give credit all of the the teachers and you know the the staff they they're concerned about those things too and it's my own personal right now, like a little bit of a campaign to make sure that that I want that off of their plate. Like I, I want I would love to be able to see Medfield flourish and money not be the part that is stopping us from giving our kids what they deserve them what they you know they can get thank you to the kpto absolutely thank you so much absolutely thank you thank you nicole Nicole. okay well sorry so um are we gonna hear from mma or
0: they are coming next week okay in the high school pto on the 16th and high school pto we have invited everyone and so anybody who is not here and has responded will be here next week well, I Andrea sent out the uh, invitation. So okay.
6: high school PTO. High school PTO? High school PTO. I did not ask. We did ask them last year. Um I to ask them. Could you pretty please? Yes. Sure. Yes. Yes. On last sure. Yep. I yeah, can. thank you. Yep. Thanks. Okay.
0: Thank you. Okay, so we will hear from the MMA and uh, CPAC next week as well. Cool. Hopefully the high school PTO brings favor. Okay, wow. So we're not out of uh, New business
3: yet so uh dr Morrison, would you like to take it away sure thank you Nicole. so i
2: asked you to approve the following student scholarships for our graduating seniors so we were unable to give our seniors um written checks (laughs) so we need to have your approval before we do that um so this would allow us to do that so one uh one david madaris theater society memorial award at one thousand dollars one uh midfield high school theater society award of distinction at one thousand dollars three medfield high school theater society awards at $500 each for a total of $1,500 two student council awards at $250 each two unsung leader awards at $250 each 14 national honor society awards at $200 each for a total of $2,800 and six national honor society awards at $350 each for a total of $2,100 ask to approve those as presented do I get your motion
0: leo moves second uh, all in favor? Say aye. aye. Aye.
3: Okay. Thank you.
0: And then the next one is uh, from students uh, who we will accept the donation now, um, but then our students who raised this money will come and give us a presentation about their the project next week. Um, Dr. Marsden, would you like to present that? So, sure.
2: Um, As you approve the following donation, two thousand dollars to the Medfield High School Gift Account. From the senior project go fund me for on flow
0: dispensers right. right uh do i hear a motion to approve Leo. So and second anime. okay and uh, all in favor aye, um, aye.
3: aye.
0: okay i uh, the motion passes and then uh dr marson about the student activity event. sure we'd
2: like to um, <clears throat> establish a student activity account at benfield high school and um, Mr. Schaefer is working with a group of students that would like to open up a store that will sell uh, Medfield gear mm-hmm. and in order to uh, purchase and then uh, collect the funds so that it's a revolving almost account mm-hmm. uh, for the student store uh, it needs to be approved by the school committee, so I ask that you uh, approve an MHS student activity sub account for the DECA program to main, maintain and open a
0: school store. Um, do I hear a motion to approve as or would there like to be any discussion? about this. there's a middle the on materials,
2: I think. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: This is awesome. I mean it all seems it's yeah. awesome so, so moved. Yeah. Anime. All right. Second. Second. Michelle. Michelle. Okay. And then all in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. Motion passes unanimously. Other items since posting on June sixth. I do not have any item chair. Sure. No other records. All right, uh, old business. We'll go to the fiscal year 23 budget update. Is there any update at this point? Well,
2: so we had a placeholder for that as we right. do every year. Um, there's no new update for FY23 at this point. Okay. And I'm
0: sorry, I'm not asking the two people in the audience if they would like to do kind of public comment on that. Okay. Um, and then, so we are at the wrap up section here. Do we, donations. Have any, we did cover donations. I tricked you. Um, do we have any informational items? I do not know. Okay. So we have future uh, agenda items, which are the MASC School Committee Roles and Responsibilities Workshop. I am still working on that, and they actually happen this summer or at the beginning of next year. Um, CPAC and MMA will give their presentations um, next week, and hopefully the high school PTO. And then I know that Tim would like to discuss. Uh, ways to make the agenda move faster um and some other kind of planning around uh how we run meetings so um our next meeting will be on thursday june 16th at 2020 um, 2022 at 7 pm we will be having an executive session that i believe we would like to plan for five thirty 30 um or kind of an extra long one on that day okay so uh do I hear a motion to adjourn? I moved. Okay. Do I hear a second? Second. And Michelle, and then all in favor? Aye. Aye. Motion passes and the
3: meeting is adjourned at 9.30. Thank you. Thanks so much.